Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, September 25th. We are here live. It is a free-for-all for uh, this first half hour. We do have some guests joining us at the bottom of the hour. I'll tell you about that. Um, jump in and join me. I've got some things I'll, I'll talk about here at the open, uh, but we can get some calls in. Then we'll uh, talk to some guests, and then we'll get back to some calls and uh, answer all your questions. So anything goes today. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, jump in and join us. 855-950-3835. Uh, we have been struggling with internet issues. Hopefully everything's all right now. On Friday, I just had no internet whatsoever. Uh, we couldn't do anything. Um, I could text and do some other things on the phone, but there was no way I can run a show uh, just off the internet from the phone. So we weren't able to do the show on Friday. Um, last night we had our internet drop out again completely. Uh, we seem to be okay right now. Um, Morgan, our call screener had some issues connecting. It just seems to me like we have worse internet now than we had 10 years ago. And that, I just don't get it. Although our entire society seems to be falling apart. Customer service anymore is just awful. The quality of things is deteriorating. We have shortages. It's just not, just not a good time for our country, really. Um, I don't want to go too deep down that rabbit hole. But the, the technology thing, so normally I would have, you know, Starlink as the backup, but the Starlink is down in the shop right now getting installed on the coach. Uh, so I have ordered another Starlink as a backup, just in case. And we may find that we just run the show on Starlink if it's more stable anyway. We'll see. couple things I wanted to talk about. Uh, let me get over to the, this one. Uh, this one shocked me a little bit. Um, listen to this. Tow company owner sentenced to federal prison for diesel emissions tampering. So this towing company, um, it doesn't tell us how many. It does say more than one tow truck. Um, what the emissions were tampered with. They used a company that does this kind of tuning, flashing kind of stuff. There's not a lot of details on what the delete was, but he was deleting the emission systems on his tow trucks. They did give him a ticket at one point and he kept doing it. And I know why he kept doing it because once you delete these things, it's really expensive to put them back the way they're supposed to be, depending on how extensive the delete was. But two years in federal prison with no parole, plus $255,000 worth of fines, I, I, look, I, crime right now in this country is rampant and we let people off. I, I was watching um, OP Live uh, over the weekend and one of the guys they pulled over was he mentioned that he had spent 10 years in prison. When they asked him what for, he said murder. He's out on the streets. 10 years for murder and you're out. Two years, no parole for deleting an emission system. We let drug users off, and we should, by the way. We shouldn't be um, putting a bunch of drug users in jail. doesn't work. We know that. But 
shoplifters. It's a revolving door. We're not putting criminals in prison, but we're going to send somebody who deleted their emission systems to federal prison plus $255,000 in fines. That, um, that seems a little crazy to me. Um, speaking of internet issues, I have, I do have two, two accounts here in the house, but they're from the same company. So it's not like one's a backup. Usually if one goes out, the other one goes out as well. Um, we just use it because it gives us double the amount of bandwidth and we have a lot going on here with the show and everything else we do working from home. But I just happened to look over and um, one of my systems is down. And that's a little odd because, like I said, it comes from the same company. But my, my router is flashing at me. Um, as far as I can tell, I'm still on the air, though. So we'll, uh, we'll keep going here. Um, I thought that was just insane. Uh, and it should make you think twice about deleting trucks, really. I mean, we've been saying for over a decade now, stop deleting. Yes, there was a year or two where we were saying it's probably the only way you can fix these things. That was back in like 08, 09. It's a long time ago. We now know how to maintain and spec these trucks, and, and we know what products help, and we've come a long, long way. It is not worth deleting anything anymore, especially if they are starting criminal prosecution now. That's kind of crazy. Um, here's another one. This one, um, more government interference into business. Uh, oh, before I do that, I had another story. I don't even know if I have the details up here or not. Um, I think I do somewhere. Uh, let me see if I can find it. So last week, I almost announced this last week because I was, I was announcing these as I saw them. And then I thought, you know, I'm just not going to bother anymore. Um, the Fed seemed to be um, deleting a lot of ELDs, disqualifying a lot of ELDs and taking them off the market. There have been several in the last year. And I, like I said, I was reporting on them for a while just so people knew um, and then I, I stopped cause there's been a bunch. Well, there's one last week and I, I remember reading the headline and I thought, now nah, I'm not going to bother a, a week later, they reinstated it, but they're not even saying why they pulled it off the market last week or why they put it back on the market. But what a Royal pain in the ass that must've been for a lot of companies that used that. Because a week ago, they're told you can't use this anymore. They have to scramble to find another solution. And now they're told, oh, eh, sorry, you can use it again. This is why we just have to stop asking the government to fix everything. They don't fix anything. They make things worse. This whole ELD fiasco. Uh, all right. What else did I have on my list here? Oh, the... Um, the guest coming up, um, I talked about this story when it was written. Uh, there was a video made. There's two groups, and both of uh, the groups are joining me today. One is called A More Perfect Union. They were the ones that made the video. Uh, and I want to find out from them what their, what their mission or objectives are. And then the other group is um, called Truckers Movement for Justice. Um, so we'll have a couple of guests on from that group as well. Um, they wrote, an, uh, well, they did a video 
And there was an article about the video, and I talked about it, about how prior to 1980, truck drivers and trucking companies made more money and how now we don't uh, because of the Motor Carrier Act of 1980. So we're just going to find out from them what they think needs to happen to fix whatever they think is wrong. So we will see. Obviously, you know how I feel about this issue. I'm going to let them know. Um, we'll see what uh, what they're shooting for. All right, one more article, and then I'll get to some calls. So if you want to jump in, uh, well, I had a call. It's gone. I wonder what happened. Uh, if you want to jump in, 855 855- Nine five zero three eight three five. Um, again, more government intervention into business where it doesn't belong. Uh, there was a trucking company that was going to hire somebody, and based on some of the answers on the questionnaire, they decided not to. Now, the mistake this company made was explaining to somebody why they didn't hire them. They're, uh, uh, what's the uh, what's the department that hires people? I can't think. Um, well, it'll come to me. Anyway, whoever runs that department in this company should be fired. You don't ever tell somebody why you're not hiring them. It's a really bad idea. Just don't hire them. If they ask why, Just say, we don't disclose that data, but don't give them a reason why you didn't hire them because they will turn around and use that reason to sue you. And that's what they're doing in this case. So I I, not only would I have done the same thing, I have done the same thing. They saw in his questionnaire, his application about how he has suffered from back pain If I know somebody has suffered pain over the years that has stopped them from working, I will not hire them. Two things. It's going to be a problem because I'm going to have an employee out with with pain or back issues and workers comp can break you. I wouldn't hire people like this either, but I would never, ever say that's why I didn't hire them because you'll get sued over it. I just don't understand why I'm not allowed to run a business my way. And hire people who I want to work for me. I shouldn't have to explain to anybody why I hired you or didn't hire you. I didn't like your attitude when you walked through the door. There's a thousand reasons I might not hire somebody. That's part of running a good business is understanding how to hire people and who not to hire. The business owner takes all the risk and yet we're forced into taking more risk by the government. The problem with pain is you can never prove that somebody isn't in pain. So you hire them, they're going to slip and fall in their truck, and they're going to go out with back pain, and you will have them on workers' comp forever. And it will break you if you're not careful. But yet, this company is being sued by the federal government for not hiring this driver. All right. What else do I, I've got, uh, let me see. I've got no calls. What's going on this morning? Are our phone lines working? Call me up just to make sure the phone lines are working. We've been having some, uh, technical issues. I did see a call up there a little bit ago. I don't know what happened to it. Jump in and join me. 
950-3835. I can get a call or two in here before our guests come on. Mm. Our trip has changed a little bit again. Uh, and nothing is set in stone on this trip. I imagine it could change a couple more times. Uh, mostly what's going on is that uh, our fall schedule has gotten very crazy for a lot of reasons. Uh, this was going to be a long trip in the beginning. This is the, the trip uh, starting off uh, in Tennessee with the uh, NASTIC conference. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, David Owen is keeping me very busy. I'll be doing the keynote. Uh, I'll be doing a breakout. I'll be doing a driver awards ceremony with David. And I think I'm also going to be hosting a panel. Uh, and I told David, look, if I'm going to drive all the way there to do the keynote, um, the events three days keep me busy. I don't, if I just hang out at an event like this, I will end up talking to one person at a time all day long. It just, if I'm going to do that, just put me up on stage, keep me busy. I can talk to everybody. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, but the trip is, is probably now going to be much, much shorter. Like it's probably just going to be me driving straight there and straight back. Uh, so probably just about two weeks total. Uh, we'll see. Could change again. Uh, phones are lighting up. Calls are coming in. So our phone lines do work. You guys were just uh, probably enthralled by me speaking. Let's uh, let's go to Ohio. David, welcome. Hello, Kevin. Are you there? I am. What's on your mind today? No, I just thought I'd chime in. I've been listening quite a long time. Appreciate all you do for us. But you made a comment. You weren't sure the lines were working, so I thought I'd see oh, good. what it is. So. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah, um, it, the, 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 also I, one the internet's just, um, it's making me crazy. I, you know, 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago, I figured out how to do the show from the road. And I just kept thinking every year, the technology will get better. And it seems like it's actually yeah. gotten worse. I agree. Yeah. I, uh, I almost, ours it when my house, I switched to T-Mobile and it's horrible. It's always in and out. It seems like, and, but, uh, yeah, I sometimes wonder in your case, if if people aren't jamming you or something like yeah. that, I that. <laughs> you know, I get a little paranoid about Imagine that, that sometimes too. Yeah, I know. I certainly hope that's not what it is. Who knows what they can do? Yeah, but I, I yeah, exactly. Everything about it. Well, we're really in a weird situation now. So the new property, as you start to head out of town up to that area, you lose cell signal completely, and that is understandable you're heading into a national forest i get it the funny thing is right. when you get to our property which is in the national forest we get a 5g signal back and it's actually pretty solid it's not bad it's on at&t um it's very usable internet through the phone so that's one option and uh i'm gonna put starlink up out there and we did the um the heavy duty commercial version of starlink so i'm hoping uh, that's going to be more dependable. Right. Yeah, just, uh, well, I got you. I, I thought about calling in before, but I, I usually listen to this show um, after it's recorded. For one, the reason is because my internet goes in and all the time and the show, <laughs> I'm trying to listen to it live. It's yeah. Pain, yeah, it's getting it back on. And yeah. So I just found, I, but uh, I we got six more chickens this spring. You know, when you go to the farm store, you, you know, you're taking a chance whether they're all hens or not. Well, sure enough, three of them are roosters and three of them are hens. So we're trying to get rid of rooster. And I was like, 
I knew how to get it to you, I'd give it to you. So. That seems to but be the issue. I'm in it Ohio, seems, so. Yeah, it seems like roosters are disposable. Everybody's trying to get rid of roosters, but nobody's been close enough to me yet to make it worth it. Yeah. And I don't think I want to leave him hang out in a truck with me across the country. So Now, probably not. They make a mess. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. So. Well, I'll let you go. Let someone else get in. All right. Thanks for the call. Looks like our phone lines are working. So if you want to join us, well, let me, um, actually, I'm going to, oh, Morgan already did it for me. Thank you, Morgan. Uh, Let's go to South Carolina. Terrence, welcome to the program. Uh Uh-oh. Terrence, are you there? Hmm. Well, let's do this. Let's put Terrence back in the queue. Uh, Morgan, if you could check that line for me, I will try this one. We'll go to Kansas instead. Perry, welcome. Hey, hey, Kevin. How you doing this morning? Good. You're there, uh, so everything's working. About, there we go. Hey, I got a question on the cardio miracle uh, because of the vitamin D and the, uh, the K2, and it tells you to take it two hours after a meal or 30 minutes before a meal. Is that a is that an issue? Uh, no. If you're not, taking the collagen and different things with it? it, it it's really not. Um, look, each individual, if you notice some sort of an issue around when you take a supplement, maybe something weird happens, well, then move it. I mean, I, I, I see a lot of this stuff. I see okay. these warnings, and yet I don't really see any of this stuff play out in the real world. I, I just don't see that being a problem. I never think at all about when I take my cardio miracle. I mean, I usually at some point in the day fill one up and I've got a big, you know, insulated mug and I carry it around with me all day and I sip on it. Some days I have a second one. Some days I don't. Some days the second one might be at seven o'clock. It might be three o'clock in the afternoon. I don't pay attention. And it I, there's nothing different. Nothing changes about the way I feel or the way it works. Uh, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't worry about it. Okay. Yeah, my wife was... She, she's one of the sticklers on reading directions, and she, she was a little concerned about that. You so. know, I, unfortunately, right. well, um, I'll just continue my rant about the government. This is the kind of crap we get because they warn us about everything. You know, every little possibility, um, and I swear they're worse with supplements. Um, they're fine promoting and pushing drugs that one of the side effects is death. Those are side effects of drugs now. Death, cancer can be a side effect of a drug. Suicidal thoughts and actions. Those are side effects of drugs, and the FDA has no problem pushing those things. But boy, let somebody, let a supplement give somebody indigestion, and the government's all over it. Yeah, yeah, they've got their priorities a little messed up. Yeah, yeah, they do. We started. We started the cardio miracle. Uh, my my big problem. We we eat uh, very clean, and my big problem was is I was hooked on diet coke. And I every time I would get one, I would I would be like I, I don't need this, but I just craved it. Yeah, I know. Uh, one day after taking the cardio miracle, I have not had a pop since. Congratulations! I, That's for, excellent. I don't know, yeah, I don't know what it is. Uh, it just. That it took that craving away Good. of of wanting that carbonation and everything, and I only take it once a day. 
Okay, uh, my good. wife's taken it twice, but I I take it once a day, and and I started on the collagen, and also uh, bought a thermos, and I have a, a small batch of uh, bone broth that I'm carrying uh, in the truck with me. You know, today to, is to my um, my first day of bone broth for the season. So I, I tend to not drink nearly as much bone broth in the summer because I, you know, I have a hot coffee. Then I usually switch to something cold. Um, today was the right. first day after I finished my coffee. I made a cup of bone broth, and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. So it's it's been it's been uh, been an interesting uh, week now since we started Good. week and a half. Yeah. We started on it. So Excellent. It's, it's going going well. So. Well, that's all I've got. I just I appreciate it, and thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Uh, let's see if we've got Terrence now. Terrence, you with us? Yeah, sorry about that. My headset dropped There we off. go. There we go. Uh, one thing, again, uh, it's amazing to drive. I, I reached out to another one. It was actually through somebody else, and they returned my call. I'm not going to say their name because of what it's yeah. about, but yeah, uh, it's amazing, that's man. It really good. is. I'm glad that we, you know. The people that they care, you know, they, they care and, 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 and look to help each other. That's the way it should be, man. That makes everything better. In my mind, it does, I, you know. I love that. Uh, so I really didn't have that. I was like, the call was, uh, the phones were working. But here's the, you were just talking about bone broth. So my fiance, you know, got, had COVID last week. She finally went back to work. Was supposed to go work on Thursday. Got up in the morning, was sick, you know, throwing up. Same thing, you know, basic COVID crap. And uh, when I came home, she's like, I can't keep anything down. I said, why don't you just try some bone broth? So I gave her some of the chicken bone broth, and she was able to keep it down and felt fine. Next day, that Friday, I said, just relax. Don't, you know, don't, don't, if you can't hold anything down, make some more bone broth. So she had another cup, like around noon, and, you know, it kept her because she wasn't, she was so sick, she wasn't even, and then she's a nurse. She knows that she wasn't drinking, right. wasn't eating anything because she was scared of throwing up. And yeah. she's like one of those ones that when she does throw up, it's like violent, and it's like, you know, she actually cries when she knows, you yeah. know, thinking about she's going to get nauseous. It's just yeah. the way, it, you know, her body I, is to it. I, I mean, I can I relate. Can't. Knock anybody for that? I can, okay. no, I yeah, can relate. Right. I go through the same thing. I panic because severe nausea has put me in the hospital for days. Um, I've talked about it before. So, yeah, I, I know that feeling, yeah. and it's not good. No, not at all. So she was able to get through that. But what's weird, though, is like like I said, now she's, she went to work Saturday and Sunday, and she's in work today. She had to do three in a row, unfortunately. But she's gotten better. Now, here we go again. Now, I, I'm starting to get diarrhea and all that crap yes. now. So I don't know if it's waiting that long if I got... And I'm like, you know, Kevin, I'm so, not even going to test. I'm not doing it. I don't I, give I, a crap if I have it. I, there's nothing I could do. You know, I just saw in the paper they've they've released free COVID tests again. All you have to do is request one, and they're going to send it to you. I cannot believe they are wasting our money on COVID tests. Who cares? Right. You're sick. Deal with it. It doesn't matter if it's RSV, the flu, COVID, because we don't have anything to fix any of them anyway. So it's not like you can say, well, it's COVID, so do that. Do what? There's nothing you can do. It's a virus. You just got to wait it out and hope your immune system can beat it. So why are we wasting our money on tests? We have an employee out. And they've been violently ill. Same thing, vomiting. Now, their doctor says, look, it's the flu. 
It, just deal with it. It's the flu. It's a bad, it looks like it might be a bad flu season this year. But I also think there are an awful lot of people whose immune systems are now compromised. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, I'll let someone else get. Like I said, again, that's amazing to try. I'm so glad that I got to talk to the people I do around here and, and what they, they, you know, how cool they are. Good Excellent. Thing. All right, good stuff. We, uh, All right. We are going to, I believe our guests are coming in right now. Um, so I, I'm not going to take any calls because we're going to get our guests lined up here. I believe we have a couple um, we need to get done. Morgan, if you could, I know you got a lot going on. Um, uh, mark the lines for me so I know who's who. Uh, we are going to get to a discussion. We have uh, two groups coming up. I'd like to get their take on um, what they think the solution is, or, it, you know, a lot of times I find with these groups, it's not that we disagree on the problem. This time we might, I'm not sure. Um, it's more that we disagree with the solution. And I tend to be very strong on personal responsibility first. So that may be the theme today. We will see. Uh, after our guests, we will go back to open lines and a free-for-all. Uh, I'll stay here today till 11, my time, or until you run out of questions, whatever comes first. Um, we are getting the guests lined up. I think we should be okay on phone lines. Hopefully our, uh, our technology holds up today. It's got me worried. Um, it's been... A lot of our stuff has been intermittent, and I think it all comes back to uh, internet service, just internet dropping out, being unstable. We, um, we don't have a lot of options here in the gorge. So when we first moved here, we started with CenturyLink, which is a big company. Um, the service they offered here was horrible. Uh, it was 10 megabits down and like three up. That, that is a real struggle for me to try to do anything um, so we had a local company here that actually we paid to bring fiber, um, to our warehouse and our house. We paid extra to get the fiber in because we really needed a solution and they weren't bad. Small company, you got to deal with the same people all the time. There were some technical issues, but nothing too major. Um, the last month or so we've had more problems than ever. And I didn't know this. But it turns out they merged with some other company that I've never heard of either. And since then, the service has been awful. So um, we're hoping that Starlink works out better. It worked out really good for me on my last trip. And I'm thinking that in a, uh, in a fixed location, it's going to be even better. So we'll see. Um, we are very, very dependent on technology to get this show out. All right. We... Um, Oh, we're lining up one more guest, I think. Or maybe two. I think we got a, We must have a bunch coming on. We'll, uh, you know what? I'm going to start bringing them in. Um, I am going to get back to all my notes here. I'm going to bring in Brooke Schumann first, the um, producer at More Perfect Union. Brooke, good morning. Welcome. Hey, Kevin. Thanks so much for having me on. Great to have you on. Uh, you know, before we get started, I kind of want to let you know, so this doesn't sound like some ambush. Um, 
the reason I brought you on was the story you did about trucking itself uh, and some of the numbers. Yeah. So this year, I've probably covered maybe five of these, maybe more. And the theme that I keep seeing, the and, and when I say five stories, it's like five stories of failure in small trucking companies or owner operators. And every yeah. one of the stories seems to think that the system is the problem. And I really disagree with that. I, I don't know. Look, every industry, business, nothing's perfect. We certainly have problems in trucking, but I don't see any of those problems being the reason these people failed and that most of these articles seem to blame the system. So I wanted to get your take on what you think is broken and what we could fix. That makes sense? Yeah, totally. And thank you so much for having me on. So my name is Brooke, um, and I'm a video producer for More Perfect Union. We're a pretty new news organization. Um, we're a nonprofit, and we cover workers' rights um, and issues in labor. And I actually started this story because I was looking into surveillance. And Brooke, um, I don't want to surveillance on the job. I, I yeah, am. Go for it. I am known for interrupting, so just just how I do things. Sure. Um, if if I don't interrupt when I have a thought, I'll forget it. So. Just bear yeah. with me. When you say workers' rights, I, I get that. Are we distinguishing between workers' rights and small businesses or independent contractors? Yeah, this was a tricky thing in this story because part of what we looked at was the decline in unionization. And obviously, that's not going to be an option for owner-operators. Like, they're not going to be in the space where they're going to unionize. Sometimes um, they are. It's not very common, but it, it does occur occasionally. And that, that's part okay. of where I see a lot of the confusion coming in is that they're written as though they're the same. I mean, those are two wildly right. big, different issues. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big industry with lots of different right. um, types of workers. And, you know, we, we, we wanted to look at the decline in unionization, but also... I guess the rise in this organizing of like a, a bunch of different groups because Billy's organization who might be joining us briefly, um, they organize with both owner operators and company drivers. Um, so they, if they don't have a union to represent them, they have to make sure they're lobbying together. You know, if they okay. have complaints, whether it's parking or whether it's wages or whether it's overtime, they, they still are going to organize. Got it. Okay. And I'll talk with Billy about that yeah. because, again, yeah. I want to be completely upfront about my motive. I think that's a huge mistake. Yeah. I've seen it done in the industry a lot and are issues where I would be at polar opposites of an employee driver. I don't okay. know how groups can advocate for both. We've The biggest association we have, OIDA, tries to advocate for both. And I've said for years, it's a mistake. Okay. It's not working. You know, I'll give you one example. Um, detention time. Big problem in the industry. Yep. You sit around, you're not getting paid for your time. I get it. As an employee driver, that's just wrong. I'd love to see a different pay system for employees. But when mm -hmm. OIDA went to the government and tried to force the shippers and receivers to pay that time, First off, yep. completely, um, it, it just can't be enforced. It just doesn't even make sense. We have millions of shippers and receivers. There's nobody to enforce this. 
And so I'm not saying it shouldn't happen. I'm just not saying I haven't, that's not the answer. There's got to be a better way than that. But the bigger problem, that shipper and receiver, if I'm an independent, they're my customer. I'll deal with them. I'll solve that problem. I do not want the government regulating my, my customers. That doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, that's interesting because it depends how well the individual is able to, you know, how much leverage they have, how much they're able to bargain with Correct. the receivers. That, that's what... Like the, the main thing that drew the story was, why is it that pay has gone down, you know, across the industry? Oh, can, can I ask about a number? Drivers. That yeah, I saw yeah, in the story? The 110000 yeah. that an average driver yeah. made in 1980, that's been converted to today's yeah. dollars, right? Correct. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because like that's inflation. not what they were getting paid in 1980. wasn't even close to that. Right, and that's and that's with inflation. Yeah. Okay. Just so yeah. I know, and that's that, the average. And so, like again, yeah. like today, there are there are definitely truckers that are making that amount, but the average now is half that. The average has gone up significantly in just the last three years, but so has everything else. So. That um, that's to be. Should I? I think it's probably time to bring the other guest in, right? So we can just all be talking. Yeah, bring them on. Yeah. yeah. So like I was saying, we were looking at surveillance, um, but it led us to learning about Billy's organization. They sent us a flyer about an action they were having. So I went to that action and talked to truckers about you know a wide variety of issues they were having. Got it. All right. So I'm just gonna bring people in in the order I've got them. Um, Billy Randall is up next. Billy, welcome. Good morning. How are you? Doing good. Tell us um, real quick about your organization and your role. Truckers Movement for Justice is a grassroots rank and file organization composed of company drivers, owner ops, and we include some small carriers as well across the country in various segments and all segments of the industry from drayage to intermodal, oil field, coal haulers, reefer drivers, just across the entire industry. I'm a truck driver for more than 30 years, and I'm also one of the organizers and co-founders of TMJ. Got um, it. I've got a lot of points to make on what you were saying, okay. as well as what Brooke it, was saying. Let me, but hold I'll, on, let me I'll bring... my turn. Yeah, well, I'm going to come back to you. of my members. Yeah, um, let me bring the other two in, then I'll come back to you and uh, give you plenty of time. So... Uh, up next, we're bringing in Ryan Tyre. Ryan, welcome. How are you doing today? Good, good. Give us a quick introduction here. Um, what's your role? <laughs> sure. Uh, my name is Ryan Tyre, obviously. Uh, I've been driving since 2009. Uh, I've gone through uh, company driver. I've been a carrier. Uh, I've been an owner-operator leased on. Uh, right now, we pull containers out of uh, the Port of Savannah. And uh, scene conditions kind of deteriorate uh, kind of across the board. Got it. All right. And finally, we're going to bring in Suzanne. Suzanne, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good. And an introduction in your role. Okay. I'm an owner-operator in Savannah, Georgia. I've been driving for 25 years, and I got with Billy Randall. We talked for a few years and we have a lot of problems that we need to address in the savannah port and with other things that go on around savannah as far as hauling containers 
And Billy said that he would be willing to help me get get some changes made, basically, for the drivers out there. Good. Okay. Um, so it does seem like we have a, a pretty strong um, emphasis on ports. And it's certainly part of trucking, but a very different segment. Um, I've got a lot of experience with containers. Way back when I pulled some myself as an owner-operator, I help a lot of owner-operators that pull containers now. Definitely a different market. A lot of their own very specific issues. So I'm sure we'll be talking about those. Um, Billy, I do want to come back to you because it sounded like you already had some things you wanted to comment on. So go ahead. Um no, let's see where we'll begin. Let's talk about Elijah since you brought them up. Elijah is nothing more than a mouthpiece of the American Trucking Association. Elijah stands for over almost 60 years now as a, quote, voice, unquote, for truck drivers. And yet the issues regarding unpaid time, loading and unloading head miles, as well as absence and total lack of enforcement, of drivers' rights under the Motor Carrier Act of 1980, which harkened in regulation and then subsequent re-regulation, Ida has not touched on any of those issues. Indeed, an issue that's so wide-ranging and so little spoken about, um, which Suzanne and Ryan can talk about specifically in their area, the lack of restroom is mean portal parties. We're talking about bathrooms, proper restrooms where men and women drivers can sit, go to the, use their, do their business, wash their hands, and so forth and so on, which is widespread across the country. TMJ called out toilets for truckers during Trucker Appreciation Week two years ago. We forced the port of New York and New Jersey in three of the terminal operations to put proper restrooms in. Brother Ryan Johnson in the state of Washington single-handedly forced through two pieces of legislation, one requiring the ports to put in proper restroom facilities. And by that, we mean the types of restroom facilities that are available at outdoor events and large-scale events, the trailer types, where there are multiple stalls and urinals, running water, paper towels, or air dryers, that sort of thing. Um, he successfully did that two years ago, and yet a congressman and a congresswoman, respectively from Texas and Pennsylvania, have recently reintroduced a toilets for truckers bill into Congress, which at this point I'm not familiar with where it stands in terms of the legislative process, what are we talking about here? Eight years ago, when I cut my teeth organizing among workers in the toilets in the fields in California and across farm workers, now we're doing it for truck drivers? What the hell is going on in this country? Now, I, there's, Elida, let, me, let me jump in real quick. Hold on, hold on. Let me finish my thought on Elida. There have been a number of lawsuits filed by truck drivers across the country in the last 25 years on misclassification issues. No one has touched the biggest issue that faces owner operators and to a lesser extent, company drivers. The issue of the shipper's bill of freight, which is our right to see and negotiate based upon. I'm a negotiator. I go into a negotiation with a company, all right, 
over benefits and wages for workers, the first thing I want is the company's financials. Not so I can take their profit, so I can reasonably and intelligently come to my membership and say to them, this is what's on the table. This is what it looks like we might be able so, to achieve through so negotiation. Let me, let me jump in on that point. How do you force a private business to give you their financials if they're not publicly traded? Any company that's engaged in a business or a negotiated transaction is required by law. That's not true. To produce financials. Are you talking yes, about is. freight bills? For more than 50 years. Freight bills are required by law to be produced by both carriers and freight brokers. On a percentage contract. Carriers do not have to show that on, on a mileage contract. contract. No, carriers do not have to yes, show that on do. a mileage contract. No, th- okay, we're not going to argue know, about I the details. I'm going to disagree so, with you. Well, oh, you're not going to argue about the truth of that because that issue is questioned. All right, freight freight brokers, shippers must show the freight bill to an owner-operator or a carrier upon request. Except it doesn't right. work. It's as simple as that. doesn't work. It's it been, been in existence for 50 years. Well, who's going to enforce it? You're given the right, when it's to a carrier, all right, to enforce it as an individual party or else as an entity, labor organization or otherwise. It has not been done. All right. Correct. In 50 years. Why not? The federal government. Why, why not? Hold on. For the, because there's no organization of truck drivers, sir. When we were organized back in the days before deregulation, when a half a million drivers were covered, owner ops and company, under the National Master Freight Agreement by the Teamsters and industry, all right, owner ops were paid correctly. Company drivers what do you mean, didn't oh, have What do you mean owner-operators were paid correctly? They're a small business. What does correctly mean? Correctly is anything they Under negotiate. The that's all it is. That's Under why you can't... Contract. That's why I completely disagree with trying to lump employees in with owner-operators on these issues. Two totally different worlds. Perhaps in in the... How should we put it? In the ideal situation, an owner-op would be a small business person. No, they How are. How many owner-ops they do are. You know that have direct? No, they're not. Why not? No, they're not. That's where the Explain misclassification to me why. comes in. Where, who's being How misclassified? If I own the truck, I How own the business. You're cutting me off, and I'm trying to say something to you, answer your question. So... Let me talk, just like I'm giving you a chance to talk. How is an owner-operator a small business entity when they don't bill anybody? Well, of when course they, they do. a settlement weekly. Are you talking lease to a billing? carrier? Because we have to separate that now. If ah, I have my authority, I have to invoice somebody. But what does an invoice you matter? Do. Who cares if I actually gave them a piece of paper and then they paid me, or they just produced the paper and pay me? What's the difference? A settlement is an invoice. A settlement is not an invoice. Sure it's it is. Payment. Same right. thing. It's, it, I so I could send them a bill. Then why don't owner-operators negotiate this? Because they are a business. If the carrier won't let you invoice them, then don't work for that carrier. You're a business. Some owner-operators don't have a choice. Everybody has a choice. choice. Every, tell me somebody that doesn't no, have a choice. That's not correct. How? How? In this, if I negotiate a load with a freight broker, 
and the freight brokers carry a packet which has to be signed before you can pull freight for them indicates that I waive my rights to request a copy of the shipper, the shipper's bill of freight and detention. How many brokers many exist? Contracts do. How many brokers? Yeah. I have no idea. Thousands. Maybe you should know that. Yes, tens of thousands. So when you say I don't have a choice, that's wrong. I have a choice. There's tens of really? thousands. Now I have another choice. I don't have to use a freight broker. I can just go get the business myself. That's right. I agree with you. Okay, so where's the no choice? Where are these people that don't have a choice? Somebody put a gun to their head and made them sign this contract? If you want to work, yes. No, that's not true. I will bring you thousands of owner-operators who work every day without a broker. And I can name tens of thousands work every day if not more through that's their choice that's their choice no it's not of course it is this is an industry that is very easily manipulated by the players oh please you're gonna tell me adult business owners are being manipulated really Yes, I am. Then maybe they should get out of business. Um, if I can just interrupt real quick. Please, if I can interrupt Brooke, real quick, yes. I'd love to hear from the other two people. Yeah, I'd love to hear from the other people that Billy brought on because I'm sure they have some things they wanted to say as well. I also think that just the overarching story that I got from Billy and also from some of the experts I talked to, include, including Steve Vaselli and Karen Levy, was that there's just less leverage among truckers. Like there isn't, there isn't but, the national organizing there once was. Why there should there be? We are see again. If you're talking well, about I think drivers, this is about, this is about no, I I know. But if we're talking about employee drivers, sure, organize. I'm all for it. We're talking about independent business owners. I have never once wanted to organize with my competitors. Not once. Not when I owned one truck. Not when I owned eleven and had a brokerage. I did not want to organize. They're my competitors. I'll solve my own problems. That's what makes a free market work. So let's let the other two come in because I can keep going. Somebody jump in. Go ahead, Ryan. (laughs) Um, So quickly, just in listening to some of this, I I did want to make a distinction, and this is not a knock to anybody. And I've been through... Um, almost all of the facets in trucking. Obviously, I'm not a ship line. Uh, I've been uh, dabbling in brokerage, uh, but there there is a distinct um, a distinction between owner operators and carriers, right? So, and and I'm not sure if maybe that was getting lost in translation. I know let, both of you know exactly what the distinction is. Well, let me uh, hold on because I, I might it, not. I, I want to clarify something. One of the problems we always face in this industry is that we at We have terms that are not clearly defined and everybody uses them differently. So owner operator, I've seen used for all kinds of things. Technically, if you get your authority, we should refer to you as a carrier. That would be the more correct. correct. But many times, if it's just one guy, one truck, we continue to refer to them as owner operators because they are right. They own the truck. They own the business. They operate it. So whether you're leased sure, to a carrier and, and or running on your own authority, yeah, there's differences, but not a lot. The stuff we're talking about, I don't distinguish uh, between carriers and leased owner operators. 
Well, when it comes down to actual negotiation, there's a, a, a dramatic difference between carriers and owner-operators. What right? negotiation? So somebody's an owner-operator, and they're like, well, and I'll explain. So, and I'm not, I'm not here to badger or argue or anything. I just want to have a conversation. But yeah, same with me. Uh, the point is, is when you're an uh, absolutely, and and when you're an owner-operator leased onto a carrier, uh, generally there is no negotiation. The rates are what the rates are, and that's it. Right. So uh, obviously, as a carrier. Um, well, what, well no, I'm, I'm not going to let that statement go. I've negotiated many okay, deals. Sure. I've never experienced difference. I've never experienced okay. difference well, as a leased on driver to well, a company. I, so I, that, that I don't know. I've negotiated with carriers myself individually and had different contracts mm-hmm. than the owner operator right next to me. And I could bring on. Hundreds yeah, of owner-operators that have done the same thing. You know, that may be different in the intermodal now, subsector of this business. As, as you pointed out in the beginning, this is complete. It's a way different subsection of the entire industry, and they do things kind of, you know, to, the, to their own tune, uh, to their own beat. And let me jump in, Ryan. I've been an owner-operator for 25 years, leased on to a carrier. You can't negotiate with they. You can move to another company, but if they say seventy five percent of what the load pays, that's what. You, and you sign the contract, you can't negotiate. That's it. It's seventy five percent. We have to negotiate before you sign, and if you can't negotiate, they don't, with, they don't negotiate. Wait, you're talking not about one container. carrier. So you're right. Many carriers might not negotiate. They are private businesses. They have the right not to negotiate with you if they don't want to. Here's the deal. Sign it or don't. But I will promise you, these contracts do get negotiated. I've negotiated them. Oh, absolutely. The contracts that for the people that they're so, pulling the freight for get negotiated and renegotiated. But I'm just saying as an industry standard in Savannah, this subsector of the subsector of the business, it is common knowledge and common workplace practice that there is no negotiation for a truck driver who wants to lease his truck on to a local carrier in Let, uh, this industry in the Savannah market. Let's and, not and, call you know, them truck drivers. Other, other places. They're, they're business owners. Sure, you're right. Let's they're, call them owner-operators. And you're right. Owners. Absolutely. Business owners may even take away some of the confusion of the owner-operator carrier thing. To me, they're both business owners sure. and should be treated that Absolutely. way. Absolutely. You both very they, they different both from employees. Be, uh, set up as a business. Right. Correct. We have yeah. all the same risks. Operating authority is is uh, you know obviously different. Uh, the monetary uh, implications are different as well. In my opinion, operating authority is obsolete. It should have gone away in 1980. There's no point in it anymore. And why 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 do you have that opinion? I don't disagree with you. I'm just curious. Well, I've owned many other yeah, businesses. I, I work with lots of other businesses. Sure. I've never had to go to the federal government and ask them for permission to be in business, which is what authority is. Oh, I agree. Well, prior to deregulation, that made sense. It was necessary. You had to have that. After deregulation, it makes no sense. Why? If I want to go buy a lawnmower and walk across the street and start doing business, that's all I have to do. But why can't I buy a truck and go down the street and haul somebody's freight? Because it's a cash cow, and you and I both. Know What's that. a cash cow? Trucking, uh, operating authority. Now, just, uh, well, hold uh, on, hold on. What general. is the, no, no? I'm, again, I'm not going to let you get away with this statement. What is the average profit <laughs> okay. margin in trucking? 
Uh, well, when we say average, are we talking about across the board? Every every truck. I don't know about across the board. Well, I'll tell That's you, it's about to me. it's about nine percent. I would. I, I'm an investor. I'm gotcha. a certified financial planner. I would never sure. buy trucking company stock. It's an awful business. It's not a cash cow. It's not even close. It's a horrible low okay, so margin tr- business. I, I, we weren't talking there, about. We weren't talking about the business in general. We're talking about regulation and why the government is asking you to do that. And why do you have to ask the government for permission? And the right. reason is, is because the government would like to make a piece every year on you asking again for the opportunity or the right oh, so, uh, to. Which is my point. There's no purpose in it business. other than the government. And it should end. Oh, agreed. A hundred percent. It not, should just we're end. Not, we're not deviating. We both agree. What yeah. I'm saying is a cash cow for the federal government. For you to go beg them for the right to move this freight. That's why I say it's obsolete and you it know, should just go that, away. To, for one plate, absolutely. For one plate, you, you wish to go back to a wild dollars. To a what? Which is what trucking has become since 1980. A so wild west situation. Can, can you Before name me any, any other industry on, that's me, regulated financially? On, let me finish, all right, with what I'm saying, all right? You're cutting each one of us off. Please stop with the cutting off. Like that takes longer. We all cut each other off. Keep going. Don't keep telling me I'm doing yeah, it. Yeah, well. Trying to get to a point. Uh, I'm going to keep telling you if you keep doing it. All right? And if you don't like it, you can just cut me off the program. I don't give a damn. All right? You invited us on, and we're ready to talk. We're ready to talk. Then about talk. Make a point. You Come want on. to know? Move on. Here's the point. Owner-operators across the industry in any safety, whether it's drainage, intermodal, reefer, any industry, do not have the ability to negotiate with a carrier they're leased on to, with a carrier they're contracted to, or with a freight broker. Why? Because they are negotiating as an individual. So what? They're not negotiating as an organization. Uh, of course right? not. And there, nobody no negotiates. Do you realize it's illegal to do that? Do you realize it's illegal to do what you just said? All right. The only ones that are not organized in this industry are truck drivers. Be they owner ops, be they lease on That's because small businesses don't organize. That's why you have to separate. That's why you have great associations lobby to protect your interests. But they can't lobby on rates. It's Which illegal. Like it's illegal. No, I'm not an apologist. It is not I could care. Yes, it is. It's called collusion. Two collective businesses activity. are not allowed to talk collective about rates. Bullshit. I go to the industry it events where they have to they have to make it a point when you are at this trucking conference, two of you Company owners cannot get together and talk about rates. If you do, it's collusion. And you don't think that that's going on right now? Of course now. it's going on, but it doesn't matter. But you just told me. Oh, it doesn't matter that it's going on. The free so, fall in this industry has affected only one group you, of, you, of people. You said I can't industry. negotiate with freight it's brokers. Up. We negotiate with freight brokers you every can't. minute of. Oh, my God. We do it every minute of every day. Every time you pick up the phone really? and you say, hey, I see you got this load on the board. How much do you want to pay for it? Here's my rate. We, are you willing to pay my rate? No. Oh, I'm going to go find somebody who will. I'm a business. I set the rate. 
not the customer. So we negotiate really? every that's load. That's different. What? That's different when you're an owner-operator leased to a carrier like I am. Correct. I can't negotiate. Uh, you can right. if you had a company that would negotiate every load with you. There is no law that stops it from happening. I could go right, lease my truck to a carrier. Savannah. I, I could do it with containers, too. I did it in the Port of Cleveland. Okay, well, they don't do it in Savannah. They tell so you at the beginning, move. this is the rate that we're They're gonna, individual the private businesses <laughs> that have every right to negotiate with you or not. Just like you have every right to don't. pull their freight or not. Here's something else. You're in this a idea of, area with the carriers that, uh, that a driver like Suzanne or Ryan, I believe you said you have your own authority. All right. But in the case with Suzanne, where she's leased on to a carrier, she accepts the load or she doesn't get work. Wait, and she and goes somewhere else to get work. The history. But it doesn't if matter where I go in Savannah because of every, course it matters. every company in Savannah has a set I, do you know every how, company in Savannah has a set rate that they pay their lease drivers. When I own trucks owner -offers, when I own trucks, I moved my business three times from Ohio to Jacksonville, to Orlando, to create a better situation for myself. That's what independent business owners do. They solve problems. You want to turn all business owners into employees. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say the way it works around the Savannah area is that if you want to lease on to this particular company, they offer so, you a set rate that you get paid per load. Which is and fine. If if you don't like it, you can go to another one. But or or you can go get seven, freight seven, yourself. You could go get freight yourself. Uh, I have to, I have to get my own authority, and I'm not willing of, to do that. I don't want the responsibility of that. Well, then deal with what that leaves you. That leaves you limited choices. I have, but that's your I'm choice. Not complaining about, I'm, not compla I'm not complaining about how I'm getting paid. That's not the that's not the reason I came on this call. I was coming I came on this call to talk about some of the changes that need to be made for the drivers in the Savannah Port area. Well that's that's too localized of an issue for me to spend much time on here. I'm sorry that's why you're on. I'm not gonna talk about bathroom access oh, no. in, in Savannah. I'm or, not talking uh, about bathroom. I, so Billy, you are the one that, that is really pushing the pay issue here and the choice. And my point is, if you're a business owner, you have every option available. You make the choices. You're trying to turn these companies into employees with set rates. You're overlooking the history of this industry no, for I'm the not. last 43 years, sir. Tell, me, tell me what changed after deregulation. Then why are owner-operators calling for strike across the industry they, against what's going on? Not then the people I work with. I don't know who you work with, but I can tell you right now, there are issues that are faced by the majority of owner ops and Let, company drivers. Give me one. We industry. talked about pay. Give me another one because I completely disagree with you on pay. I'm an independent. I will negotiate my own rate with whoever I decide is going to be my customer. If the carrier is my customer... I'll negotiate my deal with the carrier. If the broker's my customer, I'll deal with the broker and negotiate my deal with a broker. If I don't like those options, I'll go to a shipper and I'll negotiate with a shipper. Tell me how that system is 
broken. I guess just to interject real quickly, because we were talking about deregulation across different industries, something that we look at a lot is both consolidation and vertical integration in industries, and that can really affect people's ability to negotiate, like you're talking about, Kevin. But and I think that that's an issue in trucking, and it's an issue wait, in a lot of other industries as well. Maybe other industries. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, care about that. With, with hundreds of thousands of carriers, tens of thousands of brokers, and millions of shippers and receivers, where is there any limitation here? What's broken? If I want to buy a truck, other than the goofy government making me ask for permission, which they're going to give to me as long as I pay for it, other than that, how is this a broken system? I can start a business. I have multiple customers to pick from, and I get to pick. Nobody stops me. What's wrong if, with that? That's may, a free market. Yes, please. If I can interject for just a moment here, okay? So I have a different take on this. I, I don't think the system, as far as how it's set up federally or the regulation or lack thereof, Whatever. I don't think any of that is necessarily broken. Sure, there's issues in every industry, and things can be uh, built upon and fixed, right, or adjusted. Where I tend to think, and and, and just a little background, I I do currency uh, currency trading. I'm a realtor. I have a master's degree. I do trucking. I, I do a lot of different things here. So, and naturally, as a business owner, as you mentioned before, it's your job to solve problems and where I see a lot of the issues in this industry, um, in particular trucking, not just intermodal, is on the carrier side, there is a lack of education. All right. And I yes. don't know if it's just because there's, uh, uh, I agree. a huge portion. Yes, there's a huge portion of the carriers who are smaller mom and pop carriers who are undereducated or have been taught from somebody who's been doing this for 30 years that thinks you need to drive a million miles a month. And I think that for some reason, somehow, and I'm not sure if brokers have a hand in this just because of the way that, you know, they'll find one person that takes a low rate and then all all of a sudden automatically that's the new market rate, or if it's because the carriers themselves um, are undereducated. And I would lean more towards that side because what I, how I try to explain it to people is, especially here in, in this industry uh, or in this market, is you know we've got a lot of people out here that they're okay with driving for a dollar fifty a mile for intermodal freight, and uh, that may seem like a, a decent rate in another subsector, but for this subsector, it's not. And, and I'll explain why in a second. The brokers, we've had a lot, we've had a huge influx of brokers, especially over COVID. I know we had a, a, a huge influx Say, of carriers. As exactly, well. good point. But yes, and and you know what? So there's some dilution in the market, right? Lots. It's, a, it's a lot, a lot more diluted than it was Lots, two yes. years ago. It's but it's more diluted than I've ever seen. One, absolute for sure. Now, supply and demand is is one facet of the business, but we also have to look at this at a more granular level, right? So we know inflation has gone up. We know. The amount of freight out there has gone down and the carriers have gone up. Well, we also know that the shippers the pay has gone down. Are, <laughs> That's well, what course. happens and with supply shippers, and demand. 
Absolutely, but there's more to look at than just that. Okay, that's just uh, too broad of a view. Let let, let me go back a second, because I think our biggest problem here is going to come down to one thing, and it's what I said in the beginning. We, we have got to stop confusing employees with business owners. And even what you just said, the pay went down. Pay refers to employees, not business owners. There is no such thing as pay for a business owner. You create your own profit. There is no pay. My company, my company finds my loads for me. I get 75% of the load. That was the contract I signed. So if they get less money from the shippers. But that's not pay. That is business. Inflation goes up. Rates go down. Supply. But that's my point. We've got to stop confusing these two. They should be so completely separate and we wouldn't waste all this time on issues that don't apply to businesses. Of course, rates go up and down. In a free market scenario, in an actual free market scenario, what you're pushing may actually work. Tell me how this isn't free market. You you want to go back to regulated markets. Show me where... This it's, is a regulated industry. How? It's Finan- regulated. No, no. We got to stop something. Every industry is regulated. Yes, it's high. Well, we'll stop a second. Overregulated industry. Bullshit. My God, I work in the medical industry. You want to talk about overregulation? I work in the financial planning industry. You want to talk about overregulation? I work in the tax industry. I'm heavily regulated in all three of those, far more than I ever was in trucking. So let's stop saying it's the really most. Really? Because I had, wait, really? Because I have my own truck that I paid for, that I make the uh, uh, payments on. I do the maintenance on it. I pay the insurance on it. And I can't even leave my driveway without logging into a machine, letting them know I'm going to the corner store to grab some uh, bread. The, the, the machine, didn't, the machine didn't change anything. It did change. No, it did. And it just enforced the same rules that always existed. No, with a no. When we were on paper logs, I could leave out of my driveway and go wherever I wanted to in my in my vehicle. By cheating. No, we, how am I cheating? Uh, go right. to the store. We're not going to go to. We're, we're not going to ELDs. Drop it. We're not going to hours how of service and ELDs. To go driving my own vehicle to the store. Now I have to let them know when I go to the corner store in my in my truck. That's my truck. It's my business, like you said. Correct. I'm my own business. Why do I have to let them know that I'm going around the corner? Then go fight hours of service. Go fight hours of service and get it changed. It's not about. I was making a point about how you said we're not overregulated. Yes, we are because this is my business and my equipment. You're not to let the government know. Trucking is not anywhere near the most regulated. So let's just drop that. That's we're all regulated. But all right, but. Give me a financial regulation. There are none. I can charge any business any rate I want to. I can charge the carrier if they want to hire me. Whatever I choose, I can charge the broker if they want to hire me. Whatever I choose. I can charge the shipper whatever I choose. We have zero financial regulation. That's what I'm talking about. That is a free market the way it should be. You want to go back to a regulated market where the government gets to control those rates. You indicate that that's a free market. Okay, here's an example. 
a personal example. I ran a load from Petersburg, Virginia, down to Orlando, Florida, at 1700 agreed to take the same load back several days afterwards, all right, at the same price. An email showed up to me from the freight broker saying that lane pays $600 less than what I took it down for. That's a free market? Yes. Who's real? It's supply. Do you know why? Of course it is. Everybody, every player is free to choose. Of course it's different. Do you pay the same thing for a Kia that you pay for a Maserati? No, it's a different, it's a different product. It's a different lane. Now, tell me why. Explain to me why freight coming out of Florida is cheaper than freight going in. Explain to me why. Because there's a simple answer. Yeah, there is. What no is it? Coming out, so you have to take a lower rate. Do I Does know? that mean that that's a free? No, it's not a free market. How is it cost you less money to come out of the same location? It doesn't have any business doesn't have much to do with cost. My cost, I could pull oh, freight out of Florida all day long at a profit. I'll bring you, I, I will bring you one of the most the successful owner operators I know. And he pulls freight you know out of Florida every single week. And he has for years. He's an independent. He builds customers directly. He builds brokers directly. And he pulls freight out of Florida every single week. And he's killing it still today. So it is a free market. The people who know how to run their business, know how to control their cost, know how to negotiate are doing it and they're doing just fine. That's what makes it free. They have total choice. Go ahead with the question. question. Go ahead. If- if everything was, if everything's so great and it's such a free market, why is it that I watched a video about you having 10 and 12 trucks and you couldn't control your cost and you went down the two trucks and sold the rest of the trucks? And then worked so, my way I mean, back to hard. a – Yes, it's hard. It's supposed to be hard. If business was easy, everybody would be that, in business. It's competitive. I admit my failures. Because you had to sell all your trucks. Yes, I did. And I'm glad. It's how I learned to be a better business owner. And then I took that knowledge and I've helped tens of thousands of other owner operators get better. That's what a free market is. It's competitive. I didn't know what I was doing. I grew too fast. I almost went bankrupt, but I didn't. And I built that business back and sold it for a really nice profit after making it very profitable. That's how business. No, not lucky. lucky, My ass. You're right. It doesn't work for everybody because they don't do the hard work. All this complaining about, we want to see the broker's rate. I ask those people, let me see your rates. Let me see your P&L. How much profit are you making? First off, they don't have it. 90% of owner-operators in this country have no accounting system. And they're running a business. And they think they're being cheated. They're cheating themselves. Actually, I agree with you on that point to an extent, except that they're brainwashed 
into thinking they're running a business when they're really not. Of course they are. They make the choice not to run it like nobody brainwashed them to not do accounting. That was their choice. I'll go back to Ryan because Ryan had the only statement I completely agree with and is the whole point here. It's education. That's what I do. I agree with that. I educate people. I've been doing it for 30 years. I have very successful owner operators and small carriers. Because the system works. I think really the, the education portion is, is probably the crux of the whole issue when it comes down to probably everything from the carrier side down to the leased on owner operator, yep. even the company driver. Um, you know, here's the reality of the situation. It now, is a let me, let me, let me, ju- I, and I hate to keep interrupting. But on the employee side, I, I don't think we need to educate them much more. They they should have the protection. Well, they need a different of, type of education. Yeah, you, not not for right, running a business. Right, they need right. other education. Yeah. It, 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 it's, a, it's a big puppy mill when it comes down to CDL nowadays. You I know, agree. I know this. It's, I agree. It's horrible. Right. It's going to what it is going to what it is going to lead to is, is over regulation because of, you know, that's of what I'm afraid of. And the caps that happen. Yes. And that, that will lead to that. But on the owner-operator so, side, the carrier side. So let go me ahead. go back to why I fight with so many groups in this industry that are claiming to help the same people I educate. OIDA, lots of groups, because I never see education as the solution. It's always some government thing they want changed. Nobody t- seriously talks about education ever as the solution to this. I disagree with you. Give me an we example about that. What well, you talked cases, about it? What? What? It's actually worked by teaching people what it takes to operate. In fact, I, across the industry now, there are many different owner operators educating those that are less informed about perfect. what us are, doing their rights, as well as how to operate a business. You can almost go on any platform today and see people asking, what, what is fuel surcharge? I wrote a course on f- explaining no, fuel no. surcharge. I have a course. This is, this is a problem in the industry. What is? The lack of education. Yes, it is. Absolutely. I, we, we totally agree with that. And it is one of the biggest issues, probably, then, because... Then I always wonder. And a lot knew their business, some of this stuff would go away. It wouldn't be able to be manipulated the way it has been for the last 43 years. Correct. You, sir, you had a business that failed, then you rebuilt it because you learned. That's fine. That's your specific case. Ryan, bless your heart, brother. You seem to know the industry, too. Suzanne's also speaking from her experience, as am I. We each have had different experiences. But the bottom line is this industry, trucking, doesn't matter what segment of it, is manipulated by large entities, whether they be freight brokers or mega carriers. It's manipulated, and it trickles down to have an effect on the single truck owner-operator, the least on so- owner-operator, as well as a company driver. So what's your solution? That is the issue. All right. My solution, I said from the beginning, 
The solution TMJ has come up with is the drivers across the industry organize. That will change things because we are the only entity in the industry that is not organized. Carriers have the ATA and state organizations, the TIA and state organizations, and there is a tremendous amount of manipulation. Wait, 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 wait. Why did you why did you just skip over OIDA and NASTIC and the I, I could go through fifteen because other associations. Yeah, but you said they're not organized. They're, the maybe they're organized poorly, but they are organized. The attempts have been made to organize, but we'll come back to my point. And what small businesses don't what organize. Nothing. What have they accomplished? Nothing, because small businesses don't organize. Exactly. That's anti-capitalistic. I join associations for one thing, for education. And there's only one reasonably good-sized association in this industry that actually promotes education. It's NASTIC. Have you talked to Nastic? I'm not familiar with them. I'm not familiar with them. They, I'm not they, even going to say I am. I've they, heard the name. All right. They represent 16,000 small trucking companies. I believe it's about 180 some thousand power units. And they don't, they don't run to the, the reason you don't know the about of- them is because they don't run to the government and and organize protests or shutdowns through businesses. They educate their business owners. That's all I ever see. Nobody's running to the government here. Okay. TMJ doesn't run to the government. You don't know anything about us, so don't make a blanket statement like that. TMJ is an economic organization that focuses on economic and other quality of so you you agree that education is the p- solution? What are your educational solutions? You don't ever finish talking. I have to interrupt you. Are simple. You don't. You don't. You can wait until I'm finished. You don't finish. You, you just keep going on to here. other points, and then I have to stop so we can come no, back I'm to not. a point. I'm sticking right on the point, all right? Don't try to put words in my mouth or dilute what we're trying to say here. You tried that with both Ryan, myself, Brooke, as well as Suzanne, all right? We're making specific points about issues that are faced by drivers, truckers in this industry. You don't seem to want to hear that. You want to seem to focus on they're not intelligent business people. Maybe they're not. I did not ever question okay. anybody's intelligence. Oh, let me pause you there because I, I have three college degrees. I am not I, stupid. I, I, not once did I say anything about intelligence. They're ignorant. Not stupid, not I'm dumb. Very educated. You could also be completely educated and completely ignorant about the topic. You need to watch your words, sir, because you're making a fool out of yourself. Because right, I just defined ignorance like correctly. Kind of get back to the point. Yeah, exactly. I, I think we should kind of get back to the point. Let, let, I mean, if we're, if we're talking about education, I think we all kind of agree on education. I think maybe we all think that there's different. Uh, parts of education that need to be instilled in different areas of the industry, and that should be true. Obviously, there's different risks and, and different jobs uh, for each uh, independent truck driver, carrier, or uh, employee, company driver. Um, but, you know, 
it needs to come down to knowing your role and knowing your worth. And I think education has a huge role to play in that. Uh, and I'll give you one example, and then I'm just going to cut it short um, because this is kind of becoming uh, a clusterfuck here. Excuse my language. Uh, but, it, you know, when we talk about the intermodal industry, and I know it's a little too granular for you to cover on this, so I will. Um, you know, we, we talk about the rates for carriers and carriers out here because it's so diluted and the, the age of the carriers, meaning they're young, have come in with less experience. They don't understand uh, our value, right? They don't understand their own value. And just as a uh, shipper is not going to negotiate with a ship line on what they're going to pay, the shippers or brokers shouldn't be negotiating with us, and I don't mean it in the way that you think I mean it. I, I mean, they shouldn't be telling us, I guess I should say, what we're going to pay, right? The person buying a house is the one that dictates the price for it. The person moving the freight is the one that dictates what they'll move the freight for, and you have covered this. But on a granular level, the carriers themselves don't understand that. And I think educating them on this issue and not allowing the brokers to drive the rate is something that's going to be imperative for carriers to survive in this business because right now the brokers run the rates. There are well, wait, stop out there who stop. are educated. See, I have to interrupt the brokers. There's sixteen thousand of them, and they have to compete. Ninety two with freight forwarders. Correct. Yeah. I wasn't including freight forwarders because it doesn't affect the over the road market much. But that's okay. Let's put even more sure. in because that makes my point even more. Now, on top of those, on top of those people who are getting freight, we also have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of carriers who can also go directly to a shipper. How is that not free and open competition? You can't collude. The brokers cannot control the rate. It's impossible. You're missing my, you're um, missing I just my want point. to interrupt real quick, Ryan and Kevin. Um, I, I think maybe we have to hop off soon. And I just wanted Truckers Moving for Justice to get a chance to like talk about any upcoming events they're having, just in case any of your listeners Please, are interested in getting involved. Yes. Because there's, you know, there's, there's power in numbers. Yeah, put it out there. What do you got coming up? West Texas, really? South Texas, a meeting in Savannah, Savannah for Georgia. Drivers, especially in the ports, on October 14th at 10.30 a.m., location to be set still, but more likely than not, it'll be at the Longshoremen's Hall, local 14.14. And drivers in West Virginia, in the coal fields, the frack sand pits, are also meeting later in October. So it sounds like there's and a lot going on. Are, is there a website they can go to to find a schedule? Because that sounds like a lot to keep track of. Just Google Truckers Movement for Justice and you'll find it. Got it. And if All you right. want to know more about what we're doing in Savannah, you can go to the Savannah Port Trucker page on Facebook. I'm Good. keeping all the um, drivers updated on the meeting times and what we're trying to accomplish. Got it. And if we would like to, um, you have a way that we can download and share this broadcast. Uh, yes, you can. Um, get our app. Everything is on the app. It's always available every show we've ever done. And then you can just grab it off the app. Okay. Brooke, do you, do you have that app that they're, he's talking about? The link. The link? Um, 
I don't, but I can try to find I can, it. I can and make it. I'll make it. I'll make it easy. Yeah. If you go to okay. either oh. app store okay. and search for Let's Truck, our app will come right up to the top. Cool. We have and a thank couple. Thank you, Kevin, for having us on. I think that, we we have know. a well. Thank you. And I I know I get contentious, and I do it because <laughs> I I have advocated for successful owner operators my entire life. My father failed as an owner operator over and over during the regulated time. So it wasn't all, you know, rainbows and unicorns back then. It was a very, very tough business. And his failure and my almost failure when I first tried is what motivated me for the last 30 years to spend virtually every minute of every day. I try to figure out a way to educate owner operators better so they can succeed. And I am a big believer in the free market and education. And all I see in this industry, and if these groups aren't doing it, kudos to you, but everybody else is asking the government to fix the problem. And it makes me crazy. And I do get a little contentious, so I apologize. No need to apologize on that, but TMJ, those movement for justice is not asking the government for anything. There are many groups that go running to the government. What we're, what we're dealing with is directed industry, whether it's carriers, shippers, freight brokers. Come to the table, listen to what owner ops, small freight, small carriers, and company drivers are talking about in terms of what we feel, hold on, what we feel is wrong with the industry. And can, I, can I give away that that can happen right now? I see it happen. Not very much. And I've encouraged people to do this. State trucking associations. We're not talking about the ATA here. State trucking associations are awesome places to go have these kinds of conversations directly with brokers and sometimes shippers and other small carriers. I see very few 10 truck or less carriers get involved in their state trucking associations. And I encourage you, if you've got one truck, join. It's not expensive and attend, get involved. That's a place where problems get solved. The TIA, I know you're not wild about them. They are an excellent organization for their members, brokers. Brokers are not our enemy. Brokers are one of our customers, and we should start treating them that way. And going attending TIA meetings is an excellent place for a small carrier to learn about, understand, and build relationships with those small brokers. And a lot of these problems go away when you do that. Oh, I agree that a lot of problems go away when there's negotiation and interaction yes. between different parts of an entity. That's exactly what we're identifying with, negotiation. We have a meeting set up with the Florida Fruit and Vegetable Growers Association to discuss issues that reefer drivers coming out of Florida have, as well as to discuss their issues that there is no they don't have enough capacity to ship their goods. These are all things that we're engaged in, all right? And others that are of along the similar lines with TMJ, like Real Women in Trucking, are engaged in. This is what we hope to do in Savannah on the 14th. Let drivers and owner ops come into a meeting, discuss what's wrong, 
and then approach the powers that be in the port with the grievances. And it's already resulted, as Suzanne told me the other day, with some minor benefits to the guards. That we were having. Yep. Right. And All this right. is what we believe in. Negotiation. Excellent. All right. Let's, Education, let's... negotiation. I All right. We don't need Wait. to run to the government because the government is in the hands of industry, to be very honest with you. And they're not going to do shit for could, us. Couldn't agree more. And if we start talking about rate, that, we'll be here for six hours because you'll get me all wound up on that one. So why don't we end it on a positive note? And let's end it on the positive note that truck drivers across the are organizing and trying to negotiate based on grievances that are widespread as well as well be it Savannah be it West Texas, be it Ohio, be it across the industry. And that's what we're all. Got Peace it. and solidarity to you, sir. Take care. Take care. Thanks, everybody. All, all right. right. We are going to. Night. Yes. Thanks, everybody. We are going to open the phone lines. Uh, let me see. They might be open already. Nope. Yes, they are. Uh, jump in and join us. I will hang out here for a couple minutes. Uh, if we don't get any calls, I'll wrap this up. If you want to call, I'll stay. Um, I, I will still, I just wanted to end on a positive note. So I, I still have one huge problem and I was getting nowhere with it. So there's no point in continuing on that path. The mistake I see here, employees should organize and fight for whatever rights they want to fight for. I don't know why we keep lumping business owners into all this. This this kind of stuff is the last thing I want to do as a business owner. I don't want to go solve my competitors' problems. I solve my own. That's what gives me the competitive advantage. That's what business is. And yet, what do I do? And I did it when I owned trucks. I, I educated my competition because it made us all better. I educated lots of contractors at FedEx ground at the same terminal I was at competing for the same dedicated runs. And I helped them with their accounting and I I helped educate them, even though they were direct competitors. I would rather educate them than organize with them. I don't understand the, the, the organizing and demanding Um, unions, you can call it negotiation if you want, um, but it's really not. And I don't want somebody else negotiating for me anyway, as a business owner. I don't care if it does work. It doesn't work for me. So, uh, but I, I, like I said, I was getting nowhere with that, uh, with that point. So, uh, I made my points. They made theirs. I don't think there was much, uh, much sense in continuing. I don't think we're going to come to many agreements. Let's go to Oklahoma. Paul, welcome. Howdy. What's on your um, mind today? Your previous your previous guests, the the Ryan guy, he seems reasonable and he knows the solution. It's education. Yes. As soon as he said so, that, I, I lit up. Yeah. I'm like, oh, he gets it. Yeah. I don't, I don't agree with everything he said, but he's a lot smarter than the other couple that were on there, so. So, I am a business owner, leased to the same carrier for over 19 years. I have my own truck, my own trailer. I'm on a percentage contract. But there has been times when they've said, oh, this is the load that we got. You know, some of the real ugly loads. When you get to the the stragglers, the left behind, 
and they got to go. It's yeah. Ten units going to ten different, <laughs> yeah. ten different cities, ten different dealers. I've had some ugly loads. Well, the the rate that's on the sheet because it's a diminishing load, you know, multi stop. The overall rate per mile goes down. Well, there's been many a time. I just call the the head dispatcher and I say, I'm interested in that load, but I have a different rate. Well, wait, you, you, a, you oh, okay, can't negotiate. Yeah, wait, stop, Paul. You can't, what are you thinking? You can't negotiate with your carrier. Yeah, I can't. No, you, no, you can't. Dog, so. They promised <laughs> me you can't. Oh, hell. So I'm not allowed to do that anymore? See, that's when I kept losing my mind. <laughs> and I still do just thinking yeah. about it. They kept saying, you can't negotiate with these with a broker with a carrier you can't negotiate yeah. with them I, I was losing my mind yeah. do people really believe that yeah. so, I, I don't yeah, i don't get it do, but i would i would i would and it makes it so much easier with the technology the, here's you, a, know, you don't got to look in the ram mcnally yep. here's a statement that makes much more sense you won't negotiate with them because you certainly yeah. can yeah. Or you can move on and go negotiate with somebody yeah. else. And they every business yeah. should uh, have the right to either negotiate or not. If I yeah. want to say, yeah, this well, is it, my price, I'm never changing it for anybody, well, that should be my right. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know where they get the extra money from, but I don't really care. And if it's a multi-stop load and it's real ugly, I just... With the iPad, I stick in. Usually, I just stick. I don't stick the exact destination in because I'll get close enough yeah. on the miles. I can work it out, and and it's like, okay, boy, this is. And then I work out what it's going to pay per mile if they just pay me the regular rate, and then I work out how much extra I want. Then usually I add on a little bit because I know there's going to be some. Well, we can't do that, but we can do this. Yeah. So you know, I, I had two I just loads in one week where I negotiated. Twelve hundred extra dollars. Two in one week. Yeah. So I just thought of something. I put it as a package deal. Yeah. I I just thought of something. Even even with a giant carrier like FedEx Ground and thousands of employees and really strict rules, the bigger companies get, the harder they are to deal with. They have to have more and more rules. I get it. But even in a situation like that, I used to negotiate pay on the spot. We had ways around it. The the coordinators the dispatchers, the, the coordinators needed stuff done sometimes. Like you'd get to a, one of these remote terminals and their yard tractor would be broke down, which was common. And they'd ask me to move yep. trailers around for them. And I'd be like, all right, yep. I'll do They would just add the drop and hooks in. They would, there was a way for them. And I would ask for it. Look, I'll move all the trailers around you want. You just, when I'm done, I'm going to tell you how many drop and hooks I had and you put it in the system. Yeah, yeah. So, and it it even it even works with uh, another carrier that I pull for. Okay, not for a long time actually, but used to do frequent loads for them and go from Georgia to Oklahoma. Actually, there was two of them that I would pull for. Well, a lot of auto transport guys they don't want to go to Oklahoma because there's not a lot that comes out of Oklahoma. But I live there, so I'm quite happy to go there. So they'd have a load posted. Say it was. 4,500, well, I'd call the guy and say, eh, can you, I need a couple of hundred extra dollars on it. I can load it today and I can deliver it the day after tomorrow. And he knew that I'd get it, I'd get it picked up and I'd get it delivered and he wouldn't be getting a phone call. The claims guy, he damaged one. So 
I would regularly get extra money on a load that they posted, and that, and I wouldn't do it through. I would go directly to him. I'm leased to a carrier, but then I'd call the the carrier I'm leased to and say I renegotiated the rate, and uh, he's going to email it over to you. Oh, okay, yeah. good deal. Yeah. Everybody, if you're not negotiating, my question would be, why not? Why are you not negotiating? Because everybody will negotiate. And if they won't, there's plenty of players. So move on to somebody who will. Yeah. You know, here's here's another one. um, Just another example. Um, I can go back to FedEx again. There were times dispatch would ask you to do something that they couldn't pay you for. Whatever it might be. The the one big example I had when I unloaded all those trailers at the scales, that they had no way to pay me for that. And I wasn't going to push it up through management because there's, there's an advantage you can create here. Dispatch, you know, controls a lot of your day. And if I can do them a big favor and they can't look, if they could pay me, then it's not a favor. It's just what I do. But if you can't pay me for this, it now becomes a favor. You know, I love the concept in yep. the, the book, Seven Habits of the Emotional Bank Account. I like keeping a big positive balance in that account. So I go above and beyond to help people and not get paid for it because it's like money in the bank. Yep. Yeah. And you can use it one day. Yes. <laughs> Yes, and or I not, have. Yeah, or not use it one day. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm gonna, I'm let, I unhooked my old trailer yesterday. I'm on the way to Florida to pick up my new trailer, and I'm, I'm gonna go about twelve hundred miles with zero revenue. But that's my choice, and I'll Absolutely. go get my new trailer. So, yeah. So if anybody uh, sees a green and white car carrier bouncing between. Oklahoma and Florida, that's me. There you go. Oh, phone lines are slammed. Holy cow, I don't know if I've ever had this many calls. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever had this many calls. Let's go to Kansas. Bob, welcome. Hey, Kevin. Sounds like you got the hornet's nest all wound up today. (laughs) I think so. I listen to those guys talk. They must have like an idea that you have a right to succeed yeah. in this country. And they, they, that is so fundamentally wrong. I mean, what they're thinking is, is, uh, is so backwards. It, it, sound, it sounds so crazy, but I, it, I, do, I was thinking let's about Let's use another word. Let, let's use so, another word, because I think it's more powerful. They act as though they're entitled to success. Entitled, yes. Here's, here's the one thing that I... I hear you say a lot. You're like, there's no other industry that uh, runs or operates like this. And I, but I was thinking about, I'm from Kansas and you see everything's farms. Everything's connected to farms here in Kansas. And they have that right. They have this ability to never fail. And all that has gotten Kansas and other farm states is this government welfare. Yes. That, you know, never allows new blood to come in. There's no new farmers. You have to be uh, born into it or marry into it. There's no Good there's point. no new ideas in farming. And this is what the government has done. You're and right. that's what you're talking about when you tell them, I don't want the government running my industry. But if you look at agriculture and how screwed up it is, the, the farmers grow this food that is killing us, 
You know, that's part of your thing. But it's <laughs> and then, because the government but, is telling them the, how to work their farm. Not only that, let's take it one step further. They, the government takes our money, pays the farmers to either grow less or not grow. Corn is so heavily subsidized, it's insane. So they're using our money to subsidize the food that's killing us. And making us stupid, evidently, yes. that we can't tell that we live in this wonderful free country that has this capitalistic, you know, model of uh, economy. And now we want to revert back yes. to some type of socialism? <laughs> what is wrong I, with these people? That's why I lose and they my mind. like smart, wonderful people. There's nothing wrong with them. But I just cannot, for the life of me, I don't understand why somebody would want to revert back to a system that clearly you, does not work. You know, the other comment I kept wanting to make, but I held back because I know we just go down another rabbit hole we can't solve. I'm glad that Ryan, before I ever said it, Ryan brought up the word education. I was so encouraged by that. Um, but I also did want to get to the point, and I decided not to. Um, I do believe education is the answer, but whose responsibility is it to be educated? It's ours. Ours. Our responsibility to right. educate ourselves. Right. I don't want to see any kind of mandated education because that would be a disaster. It, it, you, all we can do is make education available. Maybe talk about it, but but everybody, it's up to them. If you choose to get into business without educating yourself about business, which people on this call have not done, clearly I heard them. They're, they're not educated about business. If you choose to go into business without educating yourself, then the results are on you. And, and when you, I hear you, like me, adults I, I are Kevin, brainwashed, my God, is that offensive Kevin, I be to honest me? With you. I have screwed up every part of my business along its way. Me too. I started wrong. I got in the middle of it wrong. I got everything wrong. I didn't go to college. I didn't figure out all of these problems. But you know what? I failed. And then I failed some more. And then I failed some more. And But this is what I have learned. This is how I have been in business. This is how, and, and it's been hard. I have gone through some really terrible stuff. And, and it will never get easy. Out, oh, well, you failed. Your business failed. But it's it's that is exactly what you got to do. You got to keep failing and failing and failing. And then one day you're like, oh, you know how I can get a better rate? I can talk to this guy. I can provide a better service. I can do the worst load for this guy. I can do something special. I can trade a favor. Those are the so, little things you learn when you're failing. So in that, that call, that hour, how many people on the call used the word customer and service? None. I it did. Was all about them. No, I did. Oh, yeah, you did. I did. Not them. Though. Not them. Nobody else on yes. the call used the word customer or service. No wonder that why your correct. business fails if your mindset isn't always customers and serving. If that's not your mindset, you're probably going to fail. Absolutely. It is all about the customer. You're, you are there. You may be your own boss. But your customer is your boss. Even Absolutely. Just for an hour a day, that person should be your number one. We are in the service industry. We're not in trucking. If, we serve other people. If I stopped showing up at 8 a.m. 
Pacific time and started, if I don't show up and start talking, um, how long would I have customers? I, I would start losing customers immediately. And within some period of time, I wouldn't have any left. I have to show up. I have to show up every day. I have to do the hard work. This never gets easy, ever. And I love that. I just wish they could under, they, they would just pick that up. Just a, I mean, Maybe in time they will. Maybe in time they will start to understand I, that this is the number one important thing. You have to, it's not about organizing. It's not about <sighs> making these big groups. It's about serving your customer and, and watching your own numbers. And, and so, all that is on you. It's not about a group. It's not about an, exa- an industry-wide. Right, it, it, right. So that that is the point that I know I doubt that I'll ever change their mind on that. And it's not my goal. I don't bring groups on or I don't do stories about these groups to try to change their mind. I do it as a way for the people listening to learn from both sides and then make up their own mind. Who do you think has the better solution? That's kind of why I put these things out there. Definitely you, Kevin. <laughs> uh, definitely you. And, and, and in all fairness, it's not really me. This is how business has worked from day one. This isn't something I made up or creative. I'm not this smart. This, when I decided I had to get educated because I kept failing and struggling, I started to learn. This is just how every business works and how it's always worked. I'm not teaching anybody anything special. Is it because of the educational system? I think so. This idea of socialism has been passed through I think and we've so. grown up through it. And it, it is just but, lingering in the air. But you know what like shocks me? And people keep picking it up. You know what shocks me? And, and it really does. When, when I have my spaces and I've been fighting with Noah on these same issues, these callers, I, I don't know for sure, but I get the feeling they're close to my age. I don't remember being educated yeah. like this. I mean, I, I, yeah, I remember I I, growing up in what I thought was a country where if you wanted to be in business, you could be. I was in business when I was 15. I, I, I've always wanted to be in business, but I also believe that not everybody should be in business. And that's a big part of the problem we're seeing here. People think just because they decide to get into business, they're entitled to success. And then when they don't achieve it, they start blaming everybody else. That's when I get crazy. Let's go to Ohio. Steve, welcome to the program. Hey, good morning, Kevin. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of socialism Man. <laughs> involved here. Uh, I tell you, and uh, look, look, I know, I know the port at Savannah can be particularly bad, but I know there are probably twenty percent of the people that work in that port that are just as successful there as Herschel is at the port inland port exactly. in Columbus, Ohio. Exactly. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, Herschel's not going to be at that bitch and moan beating they're well, going to have in Ohio. You know, I, I, I can guarantee you that. Yeah, right. And I could have gone down so many paths but with proof of so much of this, but we, we can't even get past this point that the only answer is to organize. 
Um, I, I did uh, yeah, an it, entire year-long program with CSX. I visited every one of their ramps and educated their owner-operators on how to be more successful. And it worked. Some of them did much better yeah. after that. Not all of them, yeah. though. Uh, you know, this, but the ones that learned how to serve exactly. their customers. Right. That right. was it. Yeah. That was it. Look, I'm, you know, so many times people say, yeah, you, uh, yeah, you were lucky. And I said, no, no, they hand me 15 stops and I get them all off in time. It, the then, luck is not what? a part the, of the dispatchers this. Then when, are gonna, they're going to take the path of least resistance. That load when, has got to go. Give it to Steve. He'll get it. He'll get it off. When I, He'll give it to Herschel. He'll get it done. This will tell you their thought process. When I went through the quick version of I had one truck, then I had 11 trucks, then I had a brokerage. I did not know what I was doing. I took full responsibility. I didn't say it was the fuel prices or yeah. the two engines I blew up that summer or the contract that got canceled on me for three of my trucks. I never said those were the reasons. I always say the reason is because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I shouldn't have been running yeah. a business. You I shouldn't ready, have been you educated. growing yeah. a business. So then when I talked about, I educated myself and I built the business back and then I sold it for a profit. And what was her first word? Well, lucky for you. <laughs> Luck my lucky ass. I almost you. lost yeah. it then. I, I almost came unglued. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's the thing. You know, it, you know, look. When y'all started out, everybody used to laugh at FedEx contractors. They said they're working, they're working for nothing. I heard it out there all the time. I and, I and took so had, much heat over that money coming in. Oh, I know. Yeah, seventy-two cents a mile. way. I mean, seventy-two cents a mile. That's what I was. But you know what? I know. I know. Well, once I educated myself. I saw where that there was a lot of potential there. It wasn't perfect. It, it, yeah. Their, their local no. work, the pay sucked. It was even worse than that low line haul pay. But I was watching people build fleets and really start to make money with those crazy low rates. And I thought, well, how does this work? Well, once people you start doing accounting, you're not over the road. Yeah. You're, it's much, much easier to control your expenses. I didn't have issues with driver turnover. My trucks went to one shop and one shop only, so I didn't have maintenance problems. It was scheduled runs, so I was able to control my fuel cost really well, and the, the company gave us good deals on fuel. Then they switched it to a good fuel. So I saw huge potential where other people just laughed and said, I'd never work for that rate. Oh, I know. I know. Even when you sold it, I think you were mentioning that last year, like 150-something a mile. But guess what? You know, 150-something a mile and plus plus fuel, that was a lot of money because yes. you had the same route every night. You Your costs were so low on that route. I mean, you, what did you rent from Orlando to Richmond Hill or something like yeah, that? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And, and 543 know, miles a yeah. day paid every day. There's another thing. Zero deadhead yeah. miles. Zero. That's it. Zero. That's it. I mean, you know, I mean, not I only two or three hundred a week. Not only did we get paid for every mile we put on the truck, many of our runs, somebody had a broken odometer when they went and figured them out because many of our runs actually paid, you know, 10 or 12 more miles than what was real. Not a big deal, but it's yeah. certainly better than the opposite. Exactly. 
But, you know, here's the thing. You can find uh, one of my favorite stories is the acres, uh, acres of diamonds. You can find your acres of diamonds wherever you're at. It doesn't have to be at Landstar. It doesn't have to have you be having your own authority and having a big, you know, a fleet that's growing. You can find it anywhere. You can no, find I, it as I, a company driver. Wait, I, I've got I'm company gonna, driver friends that are doing 120000 a year. I'm feeling <laughs> argumentative today. I'm going to push back. There is one place where you're not going to find that acre of diamonds. You're not going to find it <laughs> at that? a union meeting. No, no, you're not, because 97 of the top 100 union companies when I went to work in 1981 are now out of business. Yeah, And the only and, reason there's three is because Trans Transforce became union because they were part of UPS for a long time, and they became union. It was non-union when it was overnight, but then it became union. So <laughs> it went from it went, it, there's three now, though. That's it. And, and so – it's not much left. I mean, it's very little. Left. You had to go to work with a union company in 81. I mean, there was no, well, hardly any choice. Back yeah. yeah. And, and the other difference is it's the mindset of being in a union or organizing, like this group wants to yeah. organize. The mindset is we're all the same and we're going to force you to treat us the same. There's, there's nothing about creativity yeah. or problem solving or relationship building or customer service. It's all about we are now powerful because we got together and we're going to demand things from you. Yeah, yeah, that, that doesn't get it. Like I say, you, the only way to make more money is to add more value. That's and, it. And, and people in our tribe tend to do that. Uh, we add more value, we make more money. Look, the rates aren't great this year on the spot market. But I'm still doing great this year. Anyhow, it's not a big deal. Hey, I'm having to scramble here and there. But the thing is, is I've built enough relationships. I can make 10 phone calls and find that good load that I needed to fill in. I don't have to I don't have to sit there and take what's on the load board. I I thought it was hilarious that he wanted to bring up Florida. We all know about Florida. Come on. How can you be in trucking (laughs) and not understand this? And yet my best example of success is a truck that's in Florida every week. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, Matt goes in and out of every uh, week, Florida week every after week. week after week. But he does things. He does. Yeah, he does multi stops in in and out. He, he and provides value. It, you know, you do things other people don't. You, you add more value. Yep. That's it. Yep. That's the only reason that he does. And he's always on time. Look, he look. That's value. Got to do that. that. That's what that's you right. do to build relationships. Yep. You add that value. You're on time all the time. You keep your own body, your own self in good shape to be on time and you keep your equipment up. You do those three things. You can build all the relationships in the world yep. and communicate with those customers and, and, and negotiate. It. I mean, that, that's it. It's not, it's not rocket science. Yeah. That's it. And you can yeah. get some negotiation in. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and my best customers, I don't, I don't beat them. I don't beat them over the head. But you, you don't have what? to, I, you know, one this morning, I don't have to beat them over the head. You know, I been, I had, I had this uh, receiver sign. I had a little detention today. I had them sign the time then and out. I should get it. I most likely will get it. Uh, if I don't, it's no big deal. Right. You know, it is what it is. But for the most part, you get that in. You've emailed in and out of your shipper. They have a time stamp of when you were there, when you left. There you go. You know, so when you have those kind of situations, then run run the run the tracking app. I, you know, if you do those things that the customer wants, then generally speaking, you're going to get it. Uh, yeah, you mine go. just came over. I got, I, I got I got three hours of detention at 60 bucks an hour. So an extra 180. There, uh, there you go. Uh, Steve, I got to keep moving. Um, 
They're probably, I think we uh, we did get the uh, hornet's nest a little riled up. We're going to go to San Francisco. Jeremy, what's on your mind? Hey, kind of answered my question. I was going to ask, yeah, what you know, the guys on Twitter that you have been talking to, talking with, and then uh, this, the last uh, interviews had. Uh, what was their main point? Uh, and you kind of answered it. You said uh, they. I guess I want to get together with everybody that kind of has had a bad day or a bad uh, experience and uh, I guess unionize? I've never seen... Are they talking to company drivers or owner-operators? That's the... They won't... Well, they don't distinguish. They're just going to... They want to organize everybody. That I tried to get this Anybody. clarity oh, okay. on that several times, and I just they just talked over me on that one. That that no, we're organizing was all they would say. <laughs> then they would use words like driver and pay and wages. Well, wait a minute, those are not business terms. Not unless I'm paying those things as a business. But I couldn't get them to even clarify or separate that. From what I could gather, they just think everybody who holds a steering wheel should get together. And I know why. Because they need big numbers and it's hard to get. Oida's oh, been at this for 50 years and they still only have 160,000 members out of 3 million truck drivers. So the problem is they can't figure out how to attract enough people to get powerful. So now they'll just lump everybody in. If you hold a steering wheel, you should organize with us. If they got powerful, what is their what is the ultimate I don't know. I, 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 we could never get we to that. Have. I don't know. I really don't. Oh, okay. Did, oh, okay. did you hear when I asked what your what his solution was? He went off on tangents, and every time I tried to bring him back to the point, he'd spend three minutes telling me to stop interrupting him. Yeah, I mean, I missed the big chunk of the, the beginning and the middle. Well, go back I, and I listen. At the end, yeah. but, uh, go go oh, back yeah, and will, listen. So, every okay. time I would try to yeah, get him right. to a solution, he would start talking. He doesn't stop talking. And he would go off on tangents, and he wasn't answering the question. So I did keep interrupting him. But then he would spend four minutes telling me not to interrupt him. So, yeah, it's just frustrating. I, I, I don't yeah. I, okay. I, I, I do this to help educate people, but I do not enjoy this. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's great, though. Uh, can I ask your opinion on a, a quick question? On, sure. I can't wait till Thursday for yeah, the tires. Sure. I mean, I'm, I'm going to ask, but I uh, see if you, uh, let's see, it was about, Three and a half hours, before, you know, uh, and possibly probably losing some tire pressure on a steer and made it to the truck stop, you know, and, and uh, one tire was ah, 40 pounds hotter and then checked it and it was down to 20 pounds. It was already down. You know, it was Tam- Tammy woke me up. I was like, well, hey, we got to, we, we, uh, we got to, uh, but anyway, bottom line, we don't know how long we, we were driving on it. Probably she would have noticed it though if we, we were driving on something that low. But question was, would you, would you just uh, check it out, fix it up, you know, put air in it and and, uh, and, and roll on it? What's or, the tread depth? sidewall damage possible or? What's the tread depth? It's depth? good. I mean, it's, it's deep. It's, it's, I'd keep it's, it. We only had 90,000 miles keep on it. these. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Tires okay. are very, very durable when it comes to this kind of abuse. They, they can take a lot of this kind of abuse and not really. I mean, if it damaged, you would start to see the physical damage in the sidewall. I mean, you would see splitting and stress fractures yeah. and 
uh, and that that okay. would take that would be after the tire was run flat for a while, even a little bit a of pressure, but... hundreds of miles. Okay. Well, well, not completely yeah. flat. I mean, you can tear up a completely flat tire right. pretty quickly, but even a little okay. bit of air holds that tire in in a reasonable shape that isn't causing damage. And it had to be for a short yeah, period of time. Right. So I, I would, this tire wouldn't worry me at all. Okay. Yeah. And that's what I was saying. I mean, a company like, you know, Bridgestone, Michelin, and, and, and technology, they're making them so well. But, you know, uh, you know so we go, we go 6,000 miles a week, you know, plus... And, yeah, uh, I, I, you know, I get it. Can't worried about it sometimes. You know, if this yeah, tire okay. was down to thirty percent tread, I'd probably say, you know, may. I don't even know if I would right. then, honestly. Really, I, I just don't see that there's any real risk in this tire. All right, thanks a lot. If um, if you ask again on Thursday, it might give you a different answer. Tell me. Okay. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for the call. Let's go to North Dakota. Tom, welcome. Hey, Kevin. Hey, um, I'm proud of myself. That was uh, that was very taxing to sit through that uh, with those folks. the The old guy was he's worried about bathrooms at one point. There, you know. I had to get um, off that topic fast. Was, I'm not going to spend my time on he, that kind of minutia. If you can't find a bathroom, yeah. I, and again, as an employee driver, I get it. You shouldn't have to deal with that. It sucks that we live in a society where this has even become an issue. But I will promise you as an owner operator, I would not waste 30 seconds thinking about this. If I had to put a composting toilet in my truck, I would do it. I just never found this to be a problem. No, me neither. And uh, Bob, the caller earlier and the last caller, I guess, because I was just trying to figure out why you had those folks on there to begin with and let me let me give my over responsibility let me give my overriding reason for doing this maybe it's misplaced maybe i'm wasting my time i don't know but i hate i i would hate to see these groups get traction i'm actually trying to fight against what they want to do i don't want them to this is how government screws up industries and I know they're saying they're not asking yeah. the government. Who the hell are they asking then? I was going I, I to go down that path, but I just don't think I'm going to get a good answer from him. We're going to organize. Okay, now that you organized, I guess you're going to try to put pressure on somebody. Who are you going to put pressure on? It always ends up to be the government. Because nobody else can change this stuff. The free market is too big. You can't put enough pressure on shippers. How the hell would that ever work? There's a gazillion of them. The government, number one, yeah, number one, you don't want the government in, in anything. Correct, and, and that's two, where it always if they ends did up. Get in it, they wouldn't be able. They wouldn't be able to change it. The one time that you said um, the broker um, being your customer, the 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 guy that was the older guy, um, he, all he did was laugh. They in the were background. laughing. The, they don't the, understand that. Yeah, it, it, you know, I, I feel sorry for the, the guy that owns that company going out of the ports, but nobody's making him. He said he had an MBA and a couple other businesses. Just turn off the trucks. Go park them, you know, if everything gets so bad. But, I, you know, if, if you can't move. But the, the, but the lady that worked for him, when you said, well, why don't you go out and get your own authority and your, and, 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 and your you know, 
and run your own business. Well, I don't want to have to go to that house. I don't want you know, to. And, and like, I don't want to. That sounds yeah, like a four-year-old. Well, yeah, no, and it's, 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 this, you know, you asked earlier. Uh, you don't remember it being like uh, the the um, the the entitlement mindset when you were in school. Well, you didn't. You you got lucky. You were you're probably in a pretty conservative area of Ohio, and it hadn't infiltrated down to the uh, high school yet. It started. I'm originally from LA, and it started to, to infiltrate down when I was in school in the early '80s. But you didn't go to college to get the full indoctrination. Oh, that's true. Right. Which, thank God, you didn't. Right. You know what I mean? Well, I wouldn't have made you might, it. You might be. I, I wouldn't have made it. Well, I, I, not when they started. No. Yeah, my, my brain won't work that way. Here's all I remember about school. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to brag that it was a great education. It really wasn't. Our education system sucked back then, too. Just sucked in different ways. Sucked. What, what I, all I remember right. about school is they taught us subjects. I don't remember any policies or politics or wokeness or we, we just, I, I just don't remember any of that. You went to school, you had a class, you either did the homework and, you know, passed the test and you got a grade. And, and that's all there was to it. I don't remember all this other crap. I, I, I didn't have that because we had so many people in our high school because it became so overcrowded. We were in in uh, um, uh, portable buildings, and they had two. They had a teacher, and uh, all they did was basically babysit and um, uh, issue you homework. That's so it didn't get into the minutia, you know, at, yeah. at, at all. Um, and and I guess that was probably a godsend. And then, um, oh, I was going to um, make a comment on negotiation. There was a real good book i listened to uh never split the difference yeah that's a great and book. whenever you're negotiating he's yeah great book he said uh, to always like you know uh, paul was saying he asked um you know twelve hundred dollars got asked for twelve hundred dollars more and i guarantee you know he probably started at 13 and the guy hit him down to 12 <laughs> but um uh if he would you know ask for twelve hundred and thirty eight dollars you know he said he said always add a um a weird number. number on the right. end right yeah, because then, then it looks like you really, that's what Thought you really need. You know? Right, you really and put so, time yeah. and effort and calculated things. Right, exactly. Yeah, and, right. and that number right. you pulled out so, of your ass just like you pull every other number out of your ass when you're negotiating. Yeah. Um, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, just but here's, here's, you're, you're, here's you're the thing. Uh, you and I can have this conversation about negotiating and talk about books and strategies, and but what do you do? When the group you're trying to talk to keeps screaming at you, you can't negotiate with them. <laughs> right. How do I answer right. that? Uh, of course you can. We do it every day. Wondered, that's why I wondered why you had them on. I guess you didn't really know. I, now, the woman, I guess, I don't know what she was, uh, the one that was organizing her. I don't know what her, her deal was. Her, I, I didn't hear much from her at all, but um, it, it's... Uh, it's she was the one that said I was lucky. Mindset, it? But, lucky oh, you. Oh yeah. Oh, that really. I I couldn't. You know what? Lucky I was about ready you. To go off on that. I, I, yeah. I, right? I'm offending myself when I All say luck. it right now. It's so visceral for me because I remember it, 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 like, sitting in the bankruptcy attorney's office and having the bankruptcy attorney tell me 
There is no humanly way you're going to get out of this. Just file bankruptcy and be done with it. That's why we have those laws. You'll get a fresh start. And I kept looking at all these bills on the table going, but they loaned me money and I'm supposed to pay it back. Right. And I remember and what a struggle three, three, it was. Four years, I gave things up so I could pay them back, every penny of it. Nobody lost a dollar on me. Right. So when I hear lucky you. That's not the mindset we have now. Lucky you after four years of 20-hour days to try to get my sorry ass out of that mistake I made. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? But you know what? There's one good thing in that whole, you know, that well, there's more than one, uh, but those people are our competition. So <laughs> you're right. That just that makes my day. You're right. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh. All right, man. That's all I have. Because I, I, yeah, I was getting hot, so I was getting really mad. I, was I like, know. Oh, shut up. I know. <laughs> all right. All right. Thanks for the call. Let's go to New Jersey. Tony, welcome. Hey, Kevin. That was a really good space there. Uh, I don't know how you keep it in with your background, but. You did a fairly good job there. Um, it's it's absolutely fascinating that you mentioned the seven habits. Now, before you hang up on me like David Owen did, because they lost a really good member there, not because of principle, but because of attitude. We missed habit number five on that one. Uh, ever go, heard the... Got to go back. Hold on. Uh, what's five? Help me out listening. here. Listening. Oh, <laughs> you know, I even say every time I go through the habits, I said, this is the one I have the most trouble with and I can't even remember it. Yeah, I know it's my problem. Yes, I know. I get it. Hopefully, hopefully right now, those people are downloading the app, listening to the conversation of the members. I want to say that I have several, several takes on it. One of the slogans that is coming out, I'm, I'm hearing the word kid gloves. Kid gloves, I think is... I know it's not your style, but I, I think that needs to be implemented here with these people because there are, there are topics on your side that, that I agree with and topics on their side. that And I want them to know there are people that agree with them and agree uh, wholeheartedly and still listen to you well, and I'm, agree with some of your I'm going to agree with you right time. now. I completely agree with you. Boxing gloves are the way to go. That's what you said, right? Come on. They're that's not going to like that. Don't you always say that who is going to want to talk to somebody that's screaming and shouting? Yes, I do. And I tried hard this time. I really did. I had notes in front of me. Don't interrupt them. Let them talk till they finish a point at least. And the one guy just, I just hate it when you can't get to a point. Because we'll talk all another, day and never. So I, 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 I should probably stop doing this. Seriously. Because I'm not very good no, at it. The other phrase that's coming to mind is silence is deafening. Ever heard that? Yeah, I know. But when they make those crazy statements like you can't negotiate with somebody, I lose my mind. When, when they say, I know, it's when, weak, when he, and the I think that, I may have misinterpreted him, but it was the way he said it. When he said trucking was a cash cow. Uh, yeah, I'm not letting that statement go by when when I hear the statement, we're regulated more than any other industry. Yeah, sorry, not letting you tell that lie. Yeah, you're passionate because you have an extreme background that they just don't have. They can't help themselves. And if they're listening to this, 
just forgive him, okay, please. And I'm so glad you got your story in. That was so important. They needed to hear that. And, and that is the reason why you are the way you are. But I, I know it's impossible to hold back, but, but uh, you're, you're going to have to try and find it because we're missing the common ground. I think we, we do have places where we do agree here. You just need me to say it instead. I'm just kidding. But, you know, I, I, don't, someone I, that, I, I honestly, this group and, on, and even Noah, the way those conversations, I'm go, I, I don't know where there is common ground. Now, look, we could find common ground in the details bathroom access and I, but look i don't want to go down that minutiae because i've been hearing that crap the whole time i've been in this industry and it never ever goes away we could agree on the those common ground things, is but there's we both want everyone to do better uh, I, that's the common well, ground. Well, i said that at the beginning we can agree on the problem yeah. but there's no common ground on the solution i think we do know that you want them to achieve higher success Yes. They need to hear that. I shout it all day, every day. Yeah, they are hearing that right now. We do want them to succeed, uh, but screaming at them that the government is not the answer to all this, they will, you have to help them find that out for them, convince themselves. They never like, seem to, them, though. Like, guide them. I, I've been I think doing this for 30 there. years. I'm getting a little impatient. Yeah, and I know. And it's getting I worse, know. not I, better. There's the I other thing. Too. If I actually saw progress, maybe I would do something different, but I can't even get to progress. It gets worse. There's more of these groups. Yeah, I know, but There's more protests. It's just going to turn Here, them off. I, I, I don't I know we'll how to there. do it, but, but I hate that we also, as an industry, get this reputation of protesters. The, the trucks are visible. That it, when they say, look, we have all this power, we can shut down the country. You're right. That's what scares me is that you threaten to do it. Right. But OK, here's the thing. All your examples and and a lot of that stuff, you know, the stuff about not having a choice. I know I we know everyone that listens here knows what you think about everything. But this is high level for even for me. For, for a person that's just starting out, I have my authority, and um, and I operate out of Florida. When I hear it, I have a choice to deal with a broker, I understand where they're coming from by saying, no, I don't. It is high level to think like, yes, you do. That it, it, they, they can't even deal with it. Well, well let's say, um, let, and let I, me, let, I even why. tried Please to simplify give it. Give them a break on that. I tried to simplify it. I do give them a break. I tried to simplify it. Okay, maybe you can't negotiate with everybody but there are brokers you can negotiate with and when they make the absolute statement you can't there is no common ground yet none it is going to be really hard for them to figure that out uh how? And it may be impossible how could it they be hard it, how could that how could that be hard kind to like, understand that there's sixteen thousand brokers right call a different it's pretty one difficult because like for me I've had my authority 12 years, and I'm getting uh, jerked around by a broker right now so, pretty look, much, but I'm choosing to do that. So, right, and here's part that, of the in education. That case, I am. Pa here's part of the education. I am you, you, yeah. you. I'm going to use a bunch of, you know, phrases here. You strike when the iron is hot. You make hay when the sun shines. Some parts of business are timing. 
and understanding when you have some negotiating power and when you may have less negotiating power. You know, yes, there's high level. I get it. But you can't run a business on high level. There's tons of nuance here that nobody seems to understand. I don't mean nobody. The people who fight against them on this uh, on this um, that we don't have a choice. I can understand where they're coming from. Uh, you, you kind of don't, but they do need to hear that. Yes, they do. But in a loving way with the kid gloves and then they will figure it out. Okay. Brokers are only a, a, a necessary evil for right now until I'd be okay. like, Paul, uh, not Paul, okay. uh, Matt and find my own freight. And then the brokers so, are done. So I'm going to try to be a better communicator. Let me, let me give back to you what I think you just told me so we can be an understanding here. You're telling me that the boxing gloves aren't working, so I should take them off and go bare-knuckle street fighting. Is that what you said? I don't even see how that's, that's funny. No, because they'll be dead. Look, I'm, I'm a little guy. I can't do that much damage. Yeah, but this, this sarcasm comes off uh, heavy-handed, you know? And, and you say to yourself all the time, they need to hear this too. You say all, your, all the time that nobody's going to, be receptive to that. We, I am, because I know your story. I know where you're coming but, from. But, I listen but, to everything you say. Well, then, then you must have heard what I said, why I do this. This is going to sound really harsh. I don't care about any of the people I just had on the phone. Sorry. I don't know them. I don't care about oh, them. Oh, no. Well, I do. I don't. But I care about my tribe. So I do this. For, I don't even like doing this. I hate this. I will be pissed off the rest of the day. And I'm not, uh, usually things, I can get things out of my mind easily, move on, get positive again. But these things rile me up way more than it should. Makes me crazy. And I don't like doing this. I do it because I do think there's a big group out there that I can educate better this way than me just coming on and trying to teach these lessons without having that counterpoint. It just seems to me like I'm talking and nobody's listening sometimes when I do that. But when I have somebody to argue against, I'm able to make points and I hope people hear them and learn from them. It's difficult to listen to. We know what you think about everything and we know why, disagree or not, but, but, but a, a tribe like this uh, over on their side is, is not going to be receptive to punching bags but I'm glad that you got your story and maybe, maybe they'll take a second look now. Okay. Well, we'll, I'll, I'll step away from the fists. Can we wrestle for it? Yes. Yes, we can. And why? Because that is your background and you have so many stories about how wrestling relates to business. Um, By the way, uh, it's called fail better. There's a tennis player. Roger Federer's compatriot. He's got a tattoo. It says on his arm, fail better. I like because that. Because you're, you're, you're approaching. It's on, it's, it's got a tattoo. You can see it when I he like plays. I like that. It, it, you, you get better and better and better and better. He never got as good as uh, Federer, but, but uh, he's good. Stan the man. Good, Stan good say. I like that one. All right, Tony, got to cut you loose. We've got a lot of people that want to make comments. Let's go to... Mississippi. Mark, welcome. Kevin, uh, how do you say uh, Audi in Korean? <laughs> I have no idea. Hyundai. <laughs> uh, there you go. 
let me get to my point. Uh, the point is that I sat here and thought about this, and I listened to that guy, and the guy comes across as that guy on Spaces Mac who I absolutely have nothing in common with. I have nothing in common with that guy there. I don't want to be a part of an organization like that. I mean, let me tell you what these people are. These people are grifters. They see these people as somebody that needs help, and they they use uh, they 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 make them they use their emotions against them in that they make them feel like the the man is getting over on them the companies are getting over on them and they're taking advantage of them uh, because they're less educated and all they're in it for is they're not in it to educate these people they keep saying organized they want more people because they want to make more money it's all a grift with these people that's not about helping people they don't know how to help people you help people they don't know how to help people. I quite frankly, at this point, to understand why you try to reason with these people is almost like you're banging your head on the wall with some of these people because it's the same thing over and over again. They, these people, I, they have their agenda. They, when you, when you make a point to them, they they start saying, well, they don't get to speak. They feel like you know, they, oh, you're you're talking over me. You're talking over me. And it's like they all say that, and it's like, let me finish. Well, they never finish because they don't even know how to get to the point. And you know it, what the, it's like, you know, they want the, to organize and they just, you know, go ahead. Yeah, I, 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 I think what, what's happening for me in the big picture of this is I feel like my America is disappearing and I can't stand it. Well, it is, but you just have to, you, you know, here you said something back around the COVID time, which I, I just went ahead and followed. And it's kind of at this point right now, worry about the things you can control and the things you can't control and have no control over, you can't do anything with that. And too many people try to worry about the things they can't control, and it, it drives them insane. You know, and these people it, try to worry about things they can't control right. instead of focusing on what they can control. And if you focus on what you can control and control that... And you, you know who I'd really like to hear from today? Yeah, you know, he said we weren't... So, so everybody who's called so far... Um, I know you're all fairly regular callers. I know your business. I know your mindset. We've talked for years. Um, I could predict what you and I will talk about over this because I know your beliefs like you know mine. We talk about them all the time. So I, I'm not doing you yeah. any good. I'm not doing me any good. I know I'm not going to change these other people's minds. I, I can't control them. It's obvious I can't get them to think differently. I keep saying they don't hear I, I you because think, they don't listen. Right. I, 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 and I don't care that they don't listen because they're not my objective. Like I said, I don't even care about them. I, I don't know them. I can't care about them. Not specifically. So, but I keep thinking that I have listeners out there that have not learned all of these business lessons like everybody who's called me today. I know you guys know all this stuff. I know you get it. You do it every day. I keep thinking there's people out there that have not been exposed to these ideas. They, they have not been educated about business. And I could come on every day and open my show with a lesson. But I, I don't think that comes across well. So what I'd love to hear, maybe, me, the, maybe those people don't exist and maybe I'm not helping them. Because honestly, I've never had somebody call me and say, boy, I really learned a lot about business during that debate. I would love to hear from somebody who maybe thinks about it differently. And honestly, if I knew that this wasn't helping anybody, I would stop in a heartbeat. I, I want to share something with you. Over the weekend, I have, and I've had to, like, uh, you know, TJ was talking about how 
insurance waited to the last minute to get back with him. Well, so did mine. And it was like, it wasn't because of my agent. It was because these, these, um, uh, underwriters just keep dragging their ass and that's what they do. And they finally get back to you in the, in the, in the, in the five minutes to go at the end of the term and this, that, and the other. And I finally just had to go with progressive because while they doubled, basically added $10,000 to my rate, I have I had an issue from two years ago where I basically got screwed that'll go drop off in next year. So I had to go with them. Well, my, my premium was going to be 20000 for the liabilities, $20,700. Well, I could pay that at once. But, and if you go on payments with Progressive, while they're not a bank, their fee to finance it and tote the note along for, for a year was $4,000. I'm like, I don't want to give these people $4,000. So Saturday I call Progressive and I'm like, hey, I want to pay you half now. Can I pay you the other half in three weeks? Oh, as long as you have it all in paid by the 25th of next month. And I said, I can do that for 20700 Yes. And so that's what I did. And it was like I kept thinking about how you talk about, you know, the factoring, how people get get, get screwed and get screwed with factoring and, and uh, all these uh, uh, payday loans and things like that. Well, that's kind of what this was. And it was like, I didn't want to give $4,000. I mean, I could have paid the cash right up, but I didn't want to pay the cash right up. So I paid it with a credit card. So I get the the, the frequent flyer points and yeah. then I'll just pay that and then ne- come back the next month and it'll push the payment out another 30 days. So whereas I can allow for other things, but it, it's about, and I guess that was a form of negotiation. And I guess the point is, it's like, there's always some shit in this business. There's always some shit. When you think everything's good, then something just pops up, and you have to expect that. And and people act like they don't expect it, and you just, you know, it's like Paul and I were talking the other day. You've been talking for four years. Save money. Save money. <laughs> watch cut costs and all like that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, he, he said that when I told him that. He goes, like Kevin said, you got to save money and all like that. And I said, you know, a lot of people... And these companies know it. They can't just come right out and pay that. So they'll tack these absurd fees onto certain things. And and if they want to stay in business, well, they have to pay it. And, I mean, I guess I was lucky. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I, I sat there and managed my cost to where I could was able to save, you know, 4000 And we moved another one, my physical damage over to my cargo policy and saved another 3500 and I mean, I don't know. It, it is—it's—in it, reality, it never ends. There's always it, it, some shit. I, here's the thing I will say about business: it never gets easy. It never gets easy. In fact, if you start to grow a business, it will just continue to get harder. Yeah, and, but, uh, but, and it's but like you somehow, know, like said that you know, he was talking about his cargo insurance tripled. Yeah, you know, it's out yeah, of the blue. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it, it just we you know, we have created things hit you and then it's fine. I, I, we can bring almost every problem we all want to complain about down to two things. We have created an entitlement mentality and we have completely given up on personal responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, nobody has personal responsibility. I mean, I had an issue this morning dropping off rental cars with a you, custom, you know, with a with a rental car company with this lazy employees and he moved stuff around. Some stuff ended up with damage on it. I don't know. He didn't have it before. They didn't want to sign for it. And we spent an hour going round and round. And finally, I just put on there, okay, you're refusing to sign. I'm putting down there. These were inspected. I'll note this. Put my version on there. 
and I put down that she refused to sign, and it pissed her off. And I hey. called a, a customer and told her, and she goes, you did the exactly the right thing. And it's like, you know, because they were just, and it's like, but I let my customer know that this is what happened, and I was honest, and I put, I said I documented everything, hey. and I took pictures, and, you know, this is where we are. And But I let the customer know because, you, you know, we've got to, you you got to stay in the good graces with your customer, and you got to let them know everything that happens out here. You know, so, here's here's uh, a, another piece that goes along with this. I don't know who they are or how they did this, but something happened. And here's what it is. We so there's an entitlement mentality. There there's a total lack of personal responsibility for much of anything. And not everybody obviously, but it's starting to feel like the majority. And then there's something else going on, and you could hear this over and over in that call from almost all of them, something that's called learned helplessness. That's what I heard in their voices. I can't negotiate. I can't get them to do this. I can't. All I kept hearing was can't. It is learned helplessness. I, I hate when I, I hate when somebody says they can't do it. I've told people before when I'm dealing with, you know, dropping a car off or whatever, and they say we can't do that. I'm just I look at them and say, it, don't tell me you can't do something. I've well, told them that before. I said, don't tell me you can't. You well, can the, always do the something. The woman when when I kept giving her another option, well, you could go do this. You could go do this, and then finally she said, but that's hard, and I don't want to. You are right. It's the first intelligent lazy. statement you made. You don't want to. It's not that you can't. You won't. Yeah. So start using the proper word. From now on, I, I want you to say, I, I you won't this, do that. I told people don't want to change. They change. Is the, I've changed so many times in this business. It's like, you know, if things don't seem right, it's like you got to make a change. And people don't want to change. They will sit on a sinking ship and try to put the fire out until it goes to the bottom of the ocean, still burning. But they won't change and get off the damn ship. It's like they don't uh, change. People, how did people we get are here? scared to change. They're stubborn for whatever. It's in everything. It's not just in this industry. It's oh, in no. Industry. It's, it's our in whole country. Right. It's, it's, it's our want, whole people country. Want, people do, won't change how they eat. You can tell them, look, give up sugar grains and seed oils. What do they do? They eat more of it. And it's like you can point to it. It's like this causes cancer, this, this, that. And it's like, oh, but, you know, it's like there's always an excuse. They will not change. I can't give this up. I can't do this. Well, whatever. Then go down with the ship. I mean, I can't, you can't help everybody. And then you want to. The calling of the the calling of the herd. Yeah, it's about to happen. It's going to so, be a big one this time. But this is this. We've seen this coming for how long? We knew this was coming. We knew it was going to be a bad one. We knew all of this was happening. We well, tried telling you know, them then. People, how many people? People saw, people saw all these high rates. How many people did I say getting into the market at the top is a really bad idea? How many times have you heard me say that? Oh, over and over and over. It's like you know you. you <laughs> But then again, you, you people don't understand. They 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 don't they don't manage their funds. They don't have accounting. They don't know. What, it's like they get into business for the sake of you know because they're in love with the idea of being in business. It's not about being in business. I mean, it's like they're in love with the idea of being business. Being right. in business. That's how they sell no. all these lease purchase programs. They sell them to the idea of being in business. Yeah. It's not about how to be, and it's not about how to manage yourself and all like that. I, you know, I got tired of dealing with corporate bullshit is, is how right. I ended up working for myself. 
And, I mean, just absolutely tired. I mean, I've told you before, I actually lived the movie Office Space. I hated that. And it's like, I didn't want to go back to that crap. And, you know, this, this was, this was, I just didn't know about how, how to get into this. So I, I just lucked. I mean, lucked. And it wasn't <laughs> luck. It's yeah, like, exactly. I, I it's made a, hard decisions here and there. Correct. And it's like, right. you know, it's, it's like, you know, okay, I can do this. This will get me to here and this will get me to there. And sooner or later, you know, you just, you just try things. And it's almost like sometimes you throw things to see if it sticks on the wall. And then you run into good people like Paul and you and, other play uh, other people along the way, and then you you just try to I always try to learn from people who know a whole level of hell. You know, it's like when I failed on the mountain. I called Vinny Tortorich. I said, yeah, I know he's right. done that. I called him and paid him a lot of money for yeah. a couple of hours to talk to him. How do I do this? What do I do? Tell me what to do. And it's like I did everything because it's like I found some some people that I know that knows more about something than I know about, and I and and, and I listen to them. Because that's the only way to, to learn yeah. is to find somebody that knows, you know, hire the people that hire people that know more about something than you do. Don't try to assume that you know everything. I mean, people get out here and truck it. Oh, I drove a truck for 25 years. I can do this. No, you drove a truck. You didn't run a business. <laughs> I went, the lady said she had three degrees. I got two degrees. I learned everything from, from I have the school none. Hard, hard knocks out here. It was like, I learned everything. Well, I mean, you've got certificates, which are like degrees, but I mean, you go out there and you take a course and you pass a course and you learn everything and book. It's like, I read all these books on health and I, you're not a doctor. You're correct. I'm not a doctor, but I read a doctor's book. This is what he said. Yeah. Yeah. And this is what he learned. And it's like, you know, it's just, you, the learning process never ends. And it's just, but some of these people think that they, they'll come out here and it's owed to them and then it's easy, but it's not easy because it's like, you have well, to me, go out and do it. Let me the, comment the on that statement you just made. Um, for, for me, and you, obviously, the learning process never ends. You're right. I mean, I, every day I wake up, what can I learn new today? And I always have it in the back of my mind. What am I wrong about that I don't know yet? What am I saying that I'm wrong about? And someday I'm going to figure out I'm wrong. I, I try to foresee those things. But it seems like for a lot of these groups, the learning process never started. That is correct. Because they don't, I don't think they understand how to learn. We weren't taught how to learn. I, I will blame that on our schools. We, we, they do not teach us how to learn. And unfortunately for many of us, our parents don't know how, so they can't teach us. Some of us, I guess, I mean, I get lucky. I, I don't know. And yeah, I, I, I do too. I, I am almost self-taught in everything the, it, I do. It, 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 it takes an amount of curiosity to like figure out, if there's a better way, I'm always looking for a better way. It's like, is there a better way to do right. this? Is there a better way? Is there a way to improve? Is there, is there a way to, to make the, things more quality? I mean, I've been exposed in, to the quality business, process a lot along the way, but we'll, we'll, we're going to put two rules on business. Now we're going to make it really complicated. Um, first rule is serve your customer. That one's pretty simple. Um, second rule yeah. is always be looking for better ways to serve your customer. Yes. And that's what you're talking about. There's a better way. There's a more effective yeah. way. There's a way that will bring more value to my, and that should be our whole focus. And unfortunately, these groups I fight with never got to rule one. They act like there are no customers in this industry. 
When yeah. you mention, when you try to educate them on who their customer is, you heard them. They laughed at me. Yeah. They laughed. Yep, they did. Yep, yep, they did because they don't understand. Yeah. They don't understand how powerful that thought is. It changes everything. Yeah. When you wake up with a focus yeah. to serve, look, it, uh, that's business. But I could also say it's a damn good way to go through life. Whether you're in business or not, and if you are in business, you still have a personal life. I'm always looking for a way to serve because I'm selfish. I find the more I serve other people, the better my life becomes. I'm not doing it for them. It's the beauty of how our world evolved somehow. We get to be really selfish. And by being selfish, if you learn, you serve others to get what you want. So it might be a selfish motive, but it works. Everybody benefits. Yes. And they, they, you know, it's like they don't, I don't know if they're lost. That's. I, and I, I, I guess I get lost, so upset because I feel like these people come this along. is happening to our whole country. Well, it is. That's why and I get so upset about it's this. It's going to continue. Yeah. Um, it, it, but again, you have to you have to worry about the things you can control and not control the things you can't control. You're right. I have to remind myself sometimes of my own lessons. Yeah. All right, Mark. Good stuff. Thanks for the call. Um, nobody else. Oh, you know what? They can't call because our phone lines are turned off. Uh, Terrence, you get the final word today. And we have time. We're not in, you know, no, no hurry. But I, I, we turned off the phone lines because we had to get through all those calls before 11. <laughs> so listen, so I don't know if you caught it or heard it. Did you hear where they were going to have the meeting at? At a union hall. Uh, oh, yeah. I know. Court. I know. Now, I, I, listen. I, now, so, so look, I, I'm confused because let me tell you something. The, the only reason the union would let them do that come in an outside non-union group come in and use your hall there's only one motive for oh, that. right of course and that's the unionized yes yeah <laughs> I mean, i'm hurt well, and i'm like oh wait a minute he was <laughs> he was clear about unionizing owner operators and small carriers that's his goal i yeah, but then again, like I said, you go back to you know what you know what the outcome is going to be. Look at the, it happened with the car carriers. It, I mean, I can name a half a dozen places that did that that were owner operators with two check systems, and it didn't work. I, I mean, it worked, but then eventually, it, it, and like I, you said, I don't need I don't need someone negotiating for me. And <laughs> I did not get into business to be somebody's employee. <laughs> so the two check that, system that, that, to that me woman, is I, I awful. Yeah, I have I have yeah. all the risk yeah. of a business owner, but I get treated every day like an employee. How I, I just can't imagine trying to work like that. <laughs> oh, but that of a woman too. She, I, I she could she 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 know what it is. Uh, and again, I did. I was leased to a carrier, and. Uh, but if I knew what my rate was, and if they like same thing with you, when you get to a terminal, can you move this trailer? No problem. What are you going to pay me? You drop it. Yeah, you you can go. You you can negotiate. They just so, signed that contract and were like, well, this is all I'm going to do, and they don't want to change or look for anything better. Is what it was. She just like you said, and, and I and then you're going to complain about it. You know how I feel about anybody <laughs> having to show any rate to another business. 
that that's just is a non-starter for me. It will never work. I'll never agree with that. But it, it, it was it was even worse than that. The the idea that if you're leased to a carrier on a mileage contract, you still have the right to see the rate. No, you don't. I'm sorry. On a mileage contract, you don't have that right because you don't need it. What they're getting paid has nothing to do with anything because they've told you we're paying you this no matter what the load pays. It's not based on what the load pays, so you don't have any right to see what the load pays. Yeah, I don't know. It seems to me like that was more. I think that that guy's just trying to, um, you know, the, the, like yeah, you can get everyone unionized or whatever, organized, so, and then you know they're going to swoop in there with a, with a union. That's what it seemed like to me. So the, the I'll let you go. I can, yeah, the, the comments earlier it really got me thinking. Maybe these groups. Maybe this really isn't about helping people. Maybe it is just about power. No. It's, that's what it seems like because they want it. And here what it is. You know what it is? I get it. People like you help people. But like you just said, you reward, you get reward. You, you I get enjoy paid it, well it to do you... Right. I, I get paid really <laughs> well there's, to there's, do there's it. People I, I've, trying, you know, I've never tried to hide trying that. trying to get that grab. No. Yeah. And so you should for the amount of work you do and the, and the thing, resources you bring. But they, like, like I said, they, you take the other one, Noah and all that. They just... It seems like they're trying to help. They may tell themselves that, but I, there's got to be you know, another thing to this. It, it, I, it can't be just it that clicked, they're just trying to help someone. It there's there's money, something else to it. When he said this, um, you know, I, I I thought about the line from a song. Oh, it's, I think it's, a, it's Bruce Springsteen. A, a poor man wants to get rich. A rich man wants to be king. And a king ain't satisfied until he rules everything. everything yep. So it's even like the, the, our drive for money for a lot of people isn't really about the money itself. It's about the power the money brings. Brings, yeah. yeah. And then you got to deal with a lot of stuff with that. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I think All he's right. on to yeah, something. Go enjoy that property if you're home. <laughs> go uh, out and take a look at that brook in the backyard. I, I, Maybe that'll give you some solace. <laughs> I, I do have <laughs> to. I, I do have to go make sure the ladies got the door opened and the ladies got out of their coop. Did you um? Did you go have the chance to go with them and uh and and walk the farm with them this weekend? Yeah, we did it on. Remember, they were going to show you everything. Yeah, we closed Friday morning. We went out and did a walk around Friday afternoon, and they were on their road to Coeur d'Alene, and uh, we now own a farm. Also, then, but they 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 told you everything about it. you got to yeah. know like they showed you where everything well, worked and all that. Or? Yes and no. I mean, some of this stuff is like this guy built hand built so much of this stuff like the i i still have to figure out how this coupe door opens and closes and changes the water every day automatically and it uses no power to do it sounds like gravity phase well it's like those those windows that he's got in the greenhouse they these struts use beeswax and metal shavings and it reacts to the temperature 
Well, that works because that's the whole point of a greenhouse. You have to manage the temperature. But this door system, I think, has something to do with water and barometric pressure because we want it to open when the sun comes up and close when the sun's going down. Oh, yeah. So it's right. I I don't know. I got to learn how this thing works. And, And Lisa kept saying, why don't you just have him explain it all to you? And my brain doesn't work that way. If he explains it all to me, and then he explains the whole irrigation system on the entire property, and then the electrical, when he's done, I will forget all three of them, and I'll have to call him again. But if I say, here's something, and I have to figure out how this works, once I figure it out, I will never forget there you go. So it's just how I have to do it. Right. it. Now, I got to a point yesterday on the electrical system. I spent hours and hours and hours on it. And there was one set of lights I could not figure out how to turn on. And it, it was because the switch was inside the garage hidden behind a, a there was a fuel can there. And I, I missed that switch. That was the, And I had to text him, where's the light for the driveway? And, but I figured the rest of it out. So then I started on the irrigation system, and I'll get that figured out because it's very custom. Then I got to work on the greenhouse and the chicken coop, but this is just how I have to do it. If, if he could tell me over and over and over, and I'll forget. There you go. Well, good luck with it, Kev. All right. I'll let you get going. All right. Thanks. All right. Later. Good stuff. That's going to take us right to the top of the hour. We are going to wrap this up for today. Um, as long as technology uh, agrees with us this week and nothing comes up, it should be a full week of shows. I was not planning on taking off Friday. I know I said last week that I might be taking off some Mondays and Fridays in the fall because our schedule's just getting crazy. I'm going to be on the road. Now it looks like I'll be traveling by myself, so that's always more work. Um, but I, I plan on working most days. Friday, I absolutely planned on working. I had a big show lined up. Uh, and technology just did not want to cooperate. Uh, and we're without a backup right now. So uh, this week, unless something changes, I believe I'll be doing all my shows in all my spaces. Um, it could change, though, because our, our world's a little, uh, little erratic right now with a lot of stuff going on. So I'll keep you informed. We'll see you back here tomorrow for the Power Hour. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always. Do the hard work and master the journey.